the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 280 After Party Edition, recapping a rough night at the office, as well as thoughts on Jan O'Malley Round 1. Let's go. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree, people sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night Hey yo, what's up everybody? It's Dan Tom here with the Protect Your Neck Podcast uh, Of course you can find my work at MMA Junkie as well as Action Network but on this year's program, we break down high-level MMA in a slightly different way. This is a recap after-party show. I don't know how much of a party. Uh, we'll get to that as far as results go. Also, it is a daytime show here, uh, which uh, I'm not complaining. So don't don't report me to Sean Sheehan. I'm, uh, I'm already American, which means I have 17 strikes against me. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it was it was a daytime show here, so I mean, I... I not that it's not okay for you to drink or have a good time, folks, but uh, between early in the daytime, West Coast, and me, I guess being in camp and stuff and all that fun stuff, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not partaking. But it still is an after-party edition because uh, you guys are joining the party, hopefully below, liking and subscribing to the video. I'm going to share this out as I do and do the whole producer thing as I try to talk to myself. What's up, James Kendrick? And the rest of you piling into the chat again, like, subscribe, um... And, uh, yeah, that, that's how you can uh, join the party here, and I don't pollute your feet. I don't do enough of these shows to really to do it. I'm, I'm usually just getting pulled in so many other directions, work-wise, otherwise, and whatnot. So uh, I'm going to share this out if you guys want to fill questions. And th- these are good shows for the questions. You know, when I got a guest and all, you know, it's a crazy week, and, you know, I got to get to the breakdowns, uh, a little harder to address questions, much less more off-topic ones. Obviously, don't want off-topic ones. Would rather have on-topic ones. This is UFC 280, uh, Oliver Makhachev uh, results we are recapping. So if you don't want spoilers, um, you know, you can uh, hit pause or I don't know what you're doing. Go watch the fight somehow. I know it's hard to do it the legal way, but, you know, we try, as we may be. I don't know about you guys. I I mean, I'm not the only one, but uh, I always get that, um, what do you, what you call it, uh, Endless, endless clicks, like uh, waiting for it to buy. Like, I did buy it, and it's like, would you like to purchase it again? Like, no, I would not. Like, would you like to upgrade your plan? Like, no, I would like to watch the event. Um, and you have to kind of go through those negotiations, which are always fun. But I feel like that is the uh, evolution of things. Um, when they upgrade things, that's always upgrades, air quotes, but which means more clicks and more of a pain in the ass, more menus. I wonder if that translates to more engagement on the site. I wonder if it's on purpose. It's not just like us complaining, like, how do they not see this? You know, like, remember back in the day when UFC.com, you could just go to UFC.com and the whole card would be there. And it was a graphic that would tell you the order. It would have their faces. It would tell you the times, the broadcast. Um, It would have all the relevant information. And then you could just click on them and it would go to stats. And remember when they changed that and then like to where it was like I counted it was literally four to seven clicks. Instead of no clicks, they literally went to four to seven clicks in their Flash website where it feels like it's 2000, 2001. Like we all just discovered HTML Flash and we're going ham and crap. That really shit site. That By the way, those fighter bios, they didn't have that for like a year, at least a year. Anyways, it 
ridiculous, ridiculous. Old man on a cloud. Don't worry. This isn't the whole show. Uh, although I can be a bit of the Asian Bill Burr of the MMA scene, uh, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but but no, we are going to recap results from top to bottom. Just getting everybody to pile in. Hey, a little positivity in the house. Alvin Yakatori. Uh, see? What a fantastic event. So many fighters that showed heart and determination, wishing all the fighters good health. You know, definitely we're going to talk about the good health thing. Uh, maybe polite pushback on the fantastic event. I think even... Um, well, depends. If you had a if you had a really good night, then uh, you know, shouts to my guy Ian Parker. I think I saw him go like five and zero, had a clean sweep. So I want to shout the people doing well. Glad to see uh, friends of the space doing well. Not a hater here. Always, always uh, happy for for the homies doing well. Um, so we're gonna try to keep it as positive as possible. But it was quite a card, right? There, there definitely are things to talk about. Um, so we'll get to it. Um, you know me, I always try to be as level headed as possible, but also not to the fake. I'm on the fence. I'm worried about my future employment, though I probably should be uh, more more than I more than I am. Uh, so, in, in, in other words, level-headed but honest and genuine. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, never ask you to like me, never ask you to agree with me. That's for dang sure. But at least you're gonna get you know uh, my honest and genuine takes for what that's worth. Um, hi Dan, hi Ghost Phantom. What's up, Ghost Phantom? Curious to hear some of your thoughts as well and. Uh, and yeah, I will get back to you on the uh, men on Fioro, uh without trying not to sound like a hater because I, I sentiment with I still remember the things you were saying last time in the chat and some others as well. So we'll definitely get to that again. Daniel Tom MMA, if you want to check this out, catch f- future shows if you're listening on audio in the future, future, future on Apple Podcasts, where you can also leave me a five star rating and review. I know uh, I went zero for five. So uh, on the main event, even though I went perfect on the prelims again, but it, of course. Most of my plays were on the main card, and that's where most of my heavily my studying is, where self-admittedly it is. So, no hiding from that, and how bad that makes me look, folks. So, we're gonna we're gonna own it up up to it, because uh, again, you know me, good or bad, I always uh, I always come clean. I think it was my guy. Shouts to Eric Betts fights, uh, who uh, sometimes pops on this channel. I've been on his channel before. Um, he was saying something. He tweeted out something the other day. It was like, be weary of people who like speak in absolutes and this and that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. Even as excited and as big as I was on Dubronx, um, there were some things I did say about uh, Mahachev that even I didn't hear you know, supporters even saying too much that did prove true as far as don't don't overlook him on the striking here, folks. Just because I'm on Dubronx, that doesn't mean I'm completely overlooking on the striking. Where even supporters were kind of dismissive of him there. We're just like, oh, no, he's got to wrestle. Uh, you know, yeah, if he had to strike Dubronx, he's in trouble. But he's not. He's going to wrestle because smash, smash, smash. Uh, and uh, and whatnot. So we'll we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely get to that. Uh, you know, we got to give him credit where credits due on his um, on his striking. And I definitely have some thoughts on that and how that may have uh, influenced uh, how Du Bronx fought for anybody. Uh, you know, uh, like like myself, scratching my head at certain points. Um, not that I know, not that we know, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about it and try to try to try to sort things uh, sort things out. But my guy Eric Bucks fights. I was saying he's like, be careful people speaking absolutes, and I, I will say that. You know, uh, you know, be careful with people who, who, who uh, you know, who don't, uh, you know, uh, own up to the defeats or this or that. You all see these. I don't pay attention to the gambling scene much, but you, these fly-by-night joints, right? You know, these people, they, they grift people out of their money or their support and followings, and it's it's sketchy, folks. You'd be surprised how many people from the gambling space to the media space now, because the media space now kind of works in the gambling space, right? I mean, you got people like me who've always been around in one way or another, uh, and OG's far beyond me so I'm not I'm not trying to bump my chest out here or anything but I'm just saying be very careful there's a surprising amount of people 
who uh, who do it for pub and a paycheck. The publicity, the push, and a paycheck. Uh, they don't actually bet their things that they play. They don't post their losses. Um, and they just kind of get out there and be annoying with my wins. That's why, I, even though you guys are right, I should you know, not be so hard on myself some, a lot of the times. Um, that's another reason why I try to go opposite. You know, I try to go opposite. I try not to victory lap too far when I win, if you noticed. And uh, when I lose, I just, again, I got to keep that same energy. I got to come clean. got to come correct. And uh, as somebody who loses, uh, is used to losing, uh, you get, you know, I'm used to this process, man. Because you, you got to be. Um, whether it's on the maths, uh, certain aspects of life, or we'll talk about it. The challenge is still open, folks. The challenge is still open. Controversial calls or decision, throw them in there. I'll tell you which side I, I, I picked and which side I bet. And, and you know, most more often than not, uh, so far undefeated, I guess, in that streak. Uh, your boy here has been on the wrong side. So we'll get to those. We'll talk about how egregious they are. Are they egregious? How egregious? We'll talk about it. I want to hear your guys' opinions. Um, down below. Okay, I got that tweeted out. So as we, uh, oh, here we go. I don't have it tweeted out. There we go. I'm tweeting it out now, and then we will get uh, we'll get going. How about that? All right. Thank you all for joining me, though. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. James Kendrick. Hey Dan, thanks for asking my question in the comments. No worries. Yeah, I try to get to them in the comments as well. So even after the fact, you guys missed the live chat. Um, you can still ask it in the comments, and I'm sure algorithms and all the stuff that I should be much more savvy on. Um, what you call it? Uh, you know, uh, it'll pick up on that, and and the interaction is actually good. Um, I'm gonna check to see if you guys are complaining about my audio. Not that you guys complaining bothers me. It's legit because I've been having audio. There's been audio issues on some shows that I'm doing, and I'm trying to narrow it down. If it's me, and if it's me, is it me on every show? Is it me on certain shows? For example, that weird staticky stuff from that transferring, which I apologize for last show. Again, I was, I was rushing folks. And uh, I, I came right from another show, and like my camera, I guess, was out of focus. And I look good. I, you, know, I'm, this is, you know, I was in really good shape, and uh, I still am. I just feel like, you know, uh, Charlie Sheen from Apocalypse Now. Every day I'm out of the gym, Charlie gets stronger, and I get weaker. Uh, that's kind of the mode I'm in. I'm in that kind of neurotic mode. Um, more on that later, but me is not important. We're here to talk about UFC 280. Just apologizing for uh, performances, and if you're not impressed, um, yeah. But uh, I, I definitely want the audio to be okay for you guys. Uh, I'm not hating. Da, 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 da. Hey, Jimmy Kudo, are you mad at the lack of promotion for UFC 281, mainly for Magnum Whaley? I, you know what? I, 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 I'll reserve my criticism on that for now because I have tunnel vision. So I, how am I going to throw stones? And the way UFC is, it makes it hard for us, even their own selves, uh, you know, say what you about the UFC, but there's really good fine people who bust and break their backs for that company and don't get enough credit. So let's be careful who, you know, throwing all encompassing stones there. And uh, it's so hard for them to keep up. You know, you get all these last changes and they're changing the event sometimes like all the way right up until. So I, I'm not gonna blame them too much in this in this day and age, but uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see how the promotion goes. You guys know I've had um, thoughts on just you know Zhang Weili before, as far as that stuff goes. Uh, Kambopolis Rosen, we talk about habits a lot. Are there any fighters in the world who can change habits and apply game plans based on opponent? Um, sorry, I got UFC 280 on my mind. That's a I don't know if I'll be able to give you the best answer on that one right now, but uh, which I'll come back to this if uh, I think of something better. Any fighters in the world who can change their habits and game plans 
um, best on opponent. Uh, actually, we'll talk, be talking about one of those fighters who's the best at it coming up shortly, which is Bilal Muhammad. So, perfect page note, actually. Great, great question there. Grumbopolis Rosen. So, I'm just going to scroll down real quick and see if there's any noise things. And da -da -da -da. No, I don't see any complaints, so that's good. All right, folks, we're going to get this party started. Feel free to keep adding to it, and uh, we'll get going. Um, picks. I guess picks should be fairly easy to calculate. We went, what, 7-0? and Um... In the prelims, five and zero, so we went seven and five overall. One in four straight plays. Uh, we went zero for zero in that round robin, which was which is crap because like the good thing about this round robin setup that I had, uh, which we'll get to, you know, it was it wasn't what I liked. Uh, not that it not that it mattered going for you know Oliveira by sub or many line instead of sub. It didn't happen. Had Chukagian, Jan Baikeo, and TJ. And the, the the crappy part was this was one where uh, sometimes like I will I do these six uh, two teamers uh, for 0.17 use how I do my round robin and that's a total of like 1.02 units exposure so you got to make that 1.02 back at least right is how I look at the round robin to make it worthwhile wow cool whip uh, but um and and so I'll take the lowest and you know again just try to be realistic. Instead of like going, how much can I make? I go, what's the lowest I can make and will I still be okay? So I'll go from the lowest paying out combination. And a lot of times that won't pay it off, which sucks. So you're just like, okay, hopefully if only two hit, it's the highest paying. Okay, and we go that way. This one, it didn't matter. The lowest two would have paid this bad boy off and I still would have profited on it. And I was like, oh, how could I lose? This is how I could lose, which we're going to be going over now, folks. Uh, and props, I went 0 for 4. 0 for 5, if you consider, you know, uh, because I technically had, what, two round flyers for TJ there, uh, rounds four and five. So we'll uh, we'll get to that one um, shortly. Uh, thanks for the love on the prelims. Congratulations, Dan 7 on the prelims. is a great way to start. It was. Too bad I didn't have any uh, more plays than uh, than one, and too bad I wasn't uh, parlaying my, uh, my prelim picks, although... You know, parlaying was dangerous. We had some major parlay pieces that kind of fell out, right? This So... Uh, hard to be hindsight there. But yes, Islam Makhachev defeated Charles Oliveira uh, via submission round two. Shouts to my guy Aaron Brownstetter. That, um, obviously, Makhachev by submission, submission round two is the highest paying bang for your buck. But as far as like value, realistic, uh, kicking for coverage, smart play before, and obviously really smart play after because it hit. Um, shouts to my guy Aaron. I think it was around the minus 130 range. Very playable chalk near even money you could have got that too as far as fight ends in submission so you would have been uh, covered if I was right which I was not and you would have been covered in the actual scenario that happened which was uh, Makachev uh, submission um, but yeah it was it was really it, it was really uh, it was really crappy because uh, you know not just you know the losing streak 0-4 bad night Charles Oliveira could have saved it and uh, you know I'm personally deflated right now with um we'll talk about it because a lot of a lot of the injuries and I don't know so maybe just divulging shit on this show because um, some of the people I was gonna fight and potentially would fight uh, li uh, listen potentially listen um but I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to 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 compete and this seeing what we saw tonight makes me kind of realize that. A bit right now because um, I'm dealing with variations of what we saw, and uh, I'm not these guys. And we 
we saw it happen. We'll get to those fights. This was not one of those. Um, Charles Oliveira, from the little uh, brief little things I caught uh, on media timelines, you know, seems to be just you know uh, not making any excuses about it, taking the law, showing it to the press at La Um So uh, you know, um, he, he did look off. He made some questionable decisions as far as pulling guard. He didn't go any, which is really annoying because none of those were like pulling guard when he had the front chokes, which I was looking for. My analysis, which was which was there, you still saw Islam doing it in this fight. He kept sagging off, going. He always goes left side underhook, left side reap, and when he shoots, his head's on the right side. All Charles Oliveira's feeds and uh, front choke finishes and everything in between, literally every time, go to his left side. He didn't try it once, so I don't know. It did look like he was comfortable on the ground, almost inviting it at times. So, you know, it's hard to say. Well, maybe he didn't want to give up position and go to his back, which I get, but he was going to his back still. He looked comfortable on his back and. In other senses, you could see, you know, looked like he planned there to, to be there to certain extents, which is not the best, obviously, that's your plan A, but who's saying it is? Well, let's not put words in his mouth. Uh, guys like Islam and Khabib can force you there. And again, to Islam's credit, back to that striking note. And God forbid I give myself a little bit of credit for the credit that I did give Islam because I was, you know, again, I was even at, you know, people who were like ardent Dubronk supporters going, you know, saying I was more than fair and balanced toward. Makhachev, which is where I said, uh, don't discount his striking folks. And um, it's funny just how so many old notes came back to haunt me. Like, uh, we didn't see so much the body kick that I was talking about, but southpaws have always been something that I was suspicious of. If you actually go back to read my breakdown where he fought Anthony Pettis, or even back to Miles Jury, like I'll mention, like these guys switch stance and will kick from southpaw. And I think that will be just striking from southpaw, switching there, kicking there. All those things are going to be really good against um, Oliveira. And it was the counter cross, you know, which again, you know, um, was going to be a shot there too. Um, so I think someone asked me about like Oliveira and Connor back in the day. And one of the things I, I, I said, said, was, said, said and always thought about that matchup was that you could kind of coax Connor into it because hopefully he sees that his counter left hand will be there in his defense. Not saying he'll win, not saying I would pick him, but that was enough of a tangible area for it to be there. And man, you know, Makachev, Makachev hit that and, and was able to follow him to the ground, which didn't surprise me, but I, I called it on this on this podcast, which was annoying about, the um, you know, even bets aside, why, you know, Bets aside, obviously for Dubronx because he deserves it and he's a good person and he actually uses his success to go and help people in the favelas as opposed to make fun of homeless people and hang out with uh, dictators. Just saying some facts. But um, but no, uh, and even aside from that, let's put that aside, right? Um, let's put the, bet, the my stupid bets aside. Um, you know, just for the analysis, was it was not often you get that and it would just would have been nice, especially on a you know a deflating week with the fights and stuff. Like I was talking about and hinting about my own deflating news as far as that goes. And then, um, you know, also just then some personally some work news and stuff. Uh, just as far as, you know, I, I can't say and won't say. I don't, I don't divulge that stuff. But just, uh, you know, I'm still employed. Don't no, no, Nothing crazy. Don't worry, folks. I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, you know, just as far as ceilings uh, go and the way of the world, it's nothing that you guys don't deal with. I'm almost certain in your own way. So I'm not playing a violin or asking for sympathy here. We all... We all go through this. Um, but yeah, man, I was just, you know, uh, just, just, um, but, but I, what I will say, you know, and again, anybody who reads between the lines, I'm sure it's not hard to figure out. But yeah, man, just sometimes, like, uh, you know, especially with when you, when I don't have something to focus on, like the gym or, and right now and, and training, 
back to focusing on, on on career other things that like I shouldn't be basing my worth on and value on and uh, a lot of times on these big weeks it could be easy for certain things to fall for the cracks but um but yeah it just there was just a just a lot of disappointing reminders stuff that I should be used to by now after about a hack half a decade over of kind of the same the same treatment but um your boy is basically just trying to work to, to, to try to put himself in more healthier circles in a more healthier position uh, not just for my own personal health and happiness just realizing how much that messes with my psyche and you're like why is this guy like he's not that bad why is he why is he beating himself up all the time it really just messes with your value when like you're let's just say like your your inner your inner circle or one of your many inner circles a lot of definitions of that friends family work all these different things when that's not let's just say normal it doesn't make it can if you're not careful and this is my responsibility to stay on this it can make your viewpoints your perspective maybe not normal right so so that was kind of crappy and um i just which I never say, and especially sounds really, it sounds, A, it sounds ignorant and stupid, and especially when you're wrong, so especially sounds stupid now, but again, for better or worse, mainly worse, your boy here is honest, and I just, I, I felt like, um, and not from you guys, everybody here is great, but I just felt like um, my stuff wasn't getting a lot of love, which was great because it was wrong, so this is a blessing in hindsight, I guess, um, but it would have been nice, like this, this is one of the few times, again, I'm not a victory lap, guys, folks, but I am a human being. Um, and I do have an ego, although I try to call it out and be honest and be healthy with it. You know, we all have one. And it would have been nice to have been right this time. And when I was kind of pre-calling that I would have been wrong on this fight, Oliver Makhachev, uh, if you refer back to the last episode, I said, what was annoying is I spent these last two fights shouting to, to my lungs and was just dead right about my Poirier and Gaethje analysis. I mean, you go and look at that. I mean, it was to a T, you know, the directionality and the body work with Poirier. And then following that theme, how the body work and the clenching would um, would still uh, would still uh, parlay into Gaethje style, how it would make him crouch down, but he would have to go through hell to get there, particularly checking counters. Different style of checking counters or counters that he was checked by tonight, um, but those two things still held true, and I felt like I... Sp- spent screaming out of my lungs the point was in that now especially the Jake Gaethje one was that um, people you know unlike the Ricardo Lamas or Anthony Pettis certain people are equipped to fall into the ground and certain people are not and that proved to be and I'm sure I was probably like more excited and, and did more of a victory lap than I usually do for the, 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 those two fights because I was so excited and, and did so well and, and made so much on them was, was great so, uh, you know, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know if I felt like that. Those points were heard enough, too. And then, I'm like, well, maybe they certainly were heard because everybody took that analysis, it felt like, uh, and was using that. Like, you didn't hear anybody talking about it before. And now, all of a sudden, coming into this fight, everybody finally grabbed that analysis talking point that I was screaming for the lungs for the last year on publicly. And uh, that was everybody's reason for picking Makachev, which they were right. They were right. But it's just kind of ironic, right? And that's classic. For those of you who follow the Protecting podcast, very classic Dan Tom. Something that I opine about and just those poetic fucking twists. Me at the end of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. So everybody's going to take that piece of analysis um, that me and me. I'm not the only one, by the way. I'm not, not trying to pretend, but it just was. I'm talking about just the, 
the mainstream narrative talking points. It's just so annoying to see me and many be screaming that point for Dubronx and and now people took that analysis and finally acknowledged it, but they only acknowledged it to throw it against him. And there was just so many people, man, people that I respect, by the way, from media colleagues uh, with bad takes to analysts with bad analysis or just not giving, you know, Dubronx the credit in the uh, grappling or his game. And it sucks because all that was kind of proven right because we didn't see the front head look chokes he was talking about. What we did see, uh, what I was talking about, but what we did see was Makachev on top, Makachev smash, Makachev follow to the ground. Um, like everybody else was talking about. Not the striking, because again, oddly enough, people like me who, are, who didn't pick him and are accused of being the haters uh, were actually the ones talking about Makachev striking and not to overlook it, oddly enough. But I'm sure that part will be skipped over, just like you know people skip over their losses and all these other things conveniently. Not me, for better or worse. Mainly worse, I know, I suck. But hey, fucking here, uh, I account for it. Um, I get in there and I do it, um, and I'm not just like tweeting cheeky shit, you know, where it's just like, and that's the annoying part, because not everybody's annoying, there's there's really, you know, um, there's really cool Khabib fans and stuff out there, I like his style of game, uh, I'm finally seeing people like talk about his coaching streak, which unfortunately, that's going to be the only reason why people talk about that he's a good coach, because again, it's this fascination of numbers, because, you know, politely, it's easier to grasp than actually getting in there and doing it. Because getting in there and doing it's hard. It's easier to be like, smash, 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 <laughs> wrestling over jujitsu, <laughs> than actually like going and wrestling or doing jujitsu, or especially wrestling. Which is funny because wrestling is the hardest one, and it's the one like most people are touting like to shit on jujitsu. I love wrestling too, folks. I'm more of a wrestler than a jujitsu guy. So I'm not biased toward jujitsu or anything like that. Like, th there's a lot of problems with jujitsu that I could go on about. And this. Don't need to. We don't need to get into it right now, but uh, so it's not coming from that place. I'm just saying. I just again, it's like what does Dan Tom not understand? Um, annoying people on the internet and sports and front running fans because this is all normal according to that, and I get that. That's just not me. I'm too busy actually doing the sports and dedicating my life and health to it uh, than just to be like a, you know a cheeky asshole um, online. Um, so uh, so yeah so so shouts to Alvin Yakatori because uh, yeah I that th that's why I respect it like like the Alvin Yakatori's of the world saying like to respect these fighters' health and this and that and what they give. So so yeah uh, it sucks man. So, uh, we're gonna move on from this one uh, so, so I can get off my my soapbox. But uh, Makachev's awesome man. Um, you know uh, he's really good. Um, perhaps he'll, again I I can't really say me even though because I didn't pick him here uh, but uh, you can rewind the tape go look at old tweets like you know the, there wasn't much many people outside of me and like the Luke Thomases of the world like praising Makachev while people were only like just discovering where Khabib's zipper was as they were you know making themselves comfortable for the long haul uh, and and again I'm not a Khabib hater I like the grappling and back to the coaching with the numbers and that's why I got sidetracked uh, people grasping numbers and stuff because that's that's it's always easier to grasp, but no. And shouts to Bilal Muhammad, which we'll talk about. Like, Bilal made it a point and goes, like, no. Everyone's talking shit, like, oh, Khabib's just, what's what's he going to do? Oh, just because he's Khabib and whatever. Like, no, he's actually, Bilal's like, no, he's actually a good coach. He knows when to get on you, what to say, technically, what to train in, what to drill. And, and Bilal was saying these things in the lead-up. And now I'm finally people seeing catch up to that narrative. But, of course... You know, again, I'm a hater and I picked Dubronx, so F what I say, but I've been one of the, the, you guys know, you guys know, you've been, you've been here. I've been one of the few saying Khabib's a good coach and 
This is something to watch out for. This does not surprise me. And it's not disrespect to say he's going to be a better coach when his career is all said and done. It's just the fact that I measure legacies and what the hell did you actually do. And I don't have to go into that thing again because I really don't want to sound like a Khabib hater. Um, but the truth is, at the end of the day, the guy didn't, didn't fight that much. And he clearly doesn't want to fight, even though everybody, all his fans and Dana White want him to. Like, He's happy doing He's competitive, but he's competitive in a different way. He seems to really like this. And he's taking the helm from Abdul Manap. Like, that seems to be in their blood. And I think he's really going to carry on his father's legacy and make it really proud that way. So, yeah, big hater of me saying that, but that's that's what I feel. All right, um, but congrats to anybody that was on Makhachev, because I had friends on Makhachev too, so happy that my friends cashed. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely pour it out with my homies uh, who were uh, riding the Dubronc ship. Uh, rain, sink, or shine. We're here. I'm here with you, brothers. I'm here. Uh, all right. Um, Jerry Harper. What's up, Jerry Harper? says, before we push on, he goes, Khabib is turning into an amazing coach, and you're right about that. Hell, I think he made Bilal look even better in a small amount of time. Not just grappling. Look how good he looked against Brady. Yep, and Bilal was rewarded for uh, pushing that pushing that pace and got an extra $50,000 for his trouble. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you guys. That's, that, 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 that's, that's really good stuff. So let's make sure that's, that's not lost, because he was in the corner of multiple winners tonight, not just, um, not just Islam. Uh, Speaking of uh, winners, uh, Aljamain Sterling defeated TJ Dillashaw. Um, man, do I look like the biggest asshole again? And that's what I hate about these people's opinions. Who like, you know, it's like, you know, they've only put hot opinions out there. Like, you know, uh, some people only do it to be assholes to get engagement. Some people will only do it if they throw a win, win, and then they, you know they're they're real quiet when they lose, right? Um, and none of these motherfuckers. Whether they do it the right way, the wrong way, or anything in between, whatever you consider the right and wrong way, I'm just, you know, giving you what I think. Um, yeah, none of them are getting on uh, are getting on the mat with them, and if they are, you know, uh, in the same room as a fighter, they're either kissing butt to them because they're media, or they're just fanboys and they're asking for their autographs and pictures um, and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, but me, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in these rooms. I was in the same practice room with Aljo not not but uh, some weeks ago before he went back to finish his camp and uh you know you know uh, uh maybe it was nothing just like maybe it was nothing that Justin Gaethje gave me the death stare uh after I picked against him uh one time uh in studio uh but uh you know I felt like I felt a little bit of a stare like he knew who I was um and and you know shouts to my guy Gabe Killian who uh, says I always pick against him. Obviously Gabe was tongue in cheek and joking because I don't always pick against him. I've, I've I think uh I picked I picked I, I picked the majority not just recently just overall. I think you can just you know seven out of his last eight Joe or whatever they arbitrarily decide to cherry pick. I think you could cherry pick from any point of his career um, unless you do his last four. Then I'm two for two. But like I, otherwise, yeah, I'm pretty sure you could audit me on my picks on Aljo. And, I've picked him more than I haven't. It's nothing against him, man. Uh, he seems like a, you know, uh, I know he says some stuff that I definitely won't defend, and I definitely don't agree with, by the way. Um, I know I try to talk about, like, the action and stuff, how it plays out. That's kind of the purpose of this podcast and whatnot. Uh, but for what that's worth, I definitely don't agree. And you don't have to. You can like a fighter, and you don't have to agree with everything they say. Um, and that's fine. It's fine to call, you know, uh, uh, people out on these things, folks. It's It's fine. 
Um, but I'm just trying to say that I don't. I'm not a hater of 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 of, uh, of Aljo just because I, I I don't pick him or don't agree with this or that. Like man, um, there's plenty to like. You know. Uh, about his game that I really like. He, he still is one of my favorite submissions. Over one of my favorite guys, too, Takeya Mitsugaki. Like, I, I don't know. Aljo's caught my eye, and his style has spoken to me for a while. That's what I hate about being called haters. Is like, the guys that I'm called haters about, I really like their styles. Like, Aljamain Sterling and Khabib, which is crazy. You know, so that that, that is kind of the ironic thing that I think about now. Everybody who, like, accuses me of being a hater or somebody, like... The ironic part is, like, I actually have, like, a... Uh, an insanely deep appreciation for their style, more so even than other fighters who are whom are already good and I appreciate. So, for what that's worth, and then obviously like you know my my guy Nick Sick and stuff like dude, I'm so happy for him and his part of that team. You know, obviously so he's a Sarah Longo fighter, Aljo is and and whatnot, and and I know those guys get territorial and and no one's arguing with him. None of us Vegas guys are arguing, but uh, you know, uh, and I'm not gonna do the cheeky thing and you know lay claim and and you know. Uh, I don't do that bullshit, and you know neither does Eric Eric Nixig. Eric Nixig more than respond, more than respectful, and always tips the hat to um, Matt Sarah and Ray Longo first. So, yeah, man, all props to them, all all of them, uh, all them dudes, man. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I you know, uh, it, it sucks sucks for me, egg on my face, right? Because a, it's already bad enough that you're pick you're picking against the guy who's, you know, a bunch of people in the gym, either is in the gym and or has a bunch of friends who train in the gym. You know what I'm saying? And you work with all these people and have relationships with mutuals, mutual stomping grounds, coaches, etc. like you know, and unlike the Sun Sao Henry fight, it was like uh you know, I was picking not just against a, you know, a, a, you know, a dude who a lot of people like or my friends like or you know all these intricate relationships like I was talking about but um I'm picking like a controversial dude and now I'm betting it too you know was, I didn't care about results on that one you know uh, on Henry or Asunsa I mean I was happy for Asunsa I, mean, I cared that way but I didn't care about like betting because I didn't bet this one I did not a lot not like Jan who we'll get to or uh, Dubronx who you know both of those guys it was upwards of uh, three units a piece right like ooh um, it wasn't that much, but I still, you know, uh, bet just over a unit on Dillashaw, you know, so that, that was really, it's like, man, you're going to do that. You better at least be right. If you're going to be, you know, you know, pick against your, your, your friend's boys and, you know, a shared stopping ground mutual and just a great freaking fighter, the champion, right? Uh, so regardless of TJ coming in compromised or what the reasoning is credit to them and poo poo on me. What? I mean, shit on me. I mean, how about that? You know? So. Again, that, that, that's what makes it extra annoying um, about doing things the right way and trying to, you know, be professional and unbiased and put the work in and go with your work and account for your results and show up on video in front of you guys when I'd rather be eating and doing a bunch of other stuff and spending time with my beautiful girlfriend and uh, going to a show that got canceled. Oh, man, today, today's just not the day, isn't it? It is. Is it? And we'll get to we'll get to my luck on some of these things, but um, but yeah, and, and before anybody goes, oh, what about Maximoff and you bet that cash last week where you bet again? Like, okay, don't make me go into that again. Maximoff should have never been there, and we I, I've been proven absolutely right regardless of the results. Not just 110 percent right on Maximoff, and Maximoff was losing before that injury, and that injury wasn't pre-existing like it was here, and that injury happened because of something that the fighter that I bet on did. So don't even start with that. No, no, no. 
The streak continues, unfortunately, folks. I wish I was wrong. I wish you were right. Um, unfortunately, uh, I am right. I am wrong on my bets, and I am right on my bad luck on certain outcomes. Um, again, not crying robbery, not crying worlds against me or anything like that. I'm just saying, man. It, the fact that every time we're reviewing these fights, uh, you know, um, we talk about these samples, like, oh yeah, that was when this decision happened, or when this non-stoppage happened, or when we were gonna get the call with the uh, Dacus Holland, and then um, Herb Dean said, you know what, wait, uh, interjected from the outside. Um, I can't make this up, folks. I'm just saying, like, the fact that it keeps happening, I gotta at least acknowledge it. Like, I'm not, I'm not crying. I'm just, I'm laughing at this point. You know, I'm laughing at this point. But I just want to know, I can keep laughing, okay? Not even just, I'm crying on the inside and laughing. No, 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 I'm laughing. So long as I just know I'm, I'm not alone here. Like you guys are seeing this, right? Um, but yeah, Dillashaw came in with the injured shoulder, and that's tough. And I know everybody's talking about their own shoulder. I try not to do that because it can, you know, it's something that I, I've, it's, it's a mistake I've made a lot, and it's, it's something that I run the risk of a lot talking too much about myself. I know. What, Dan? You never talk about yourself. Um, so I'm not going to throw shade or anything when I say this, but for example, like, you know, um, you know, like, I saw a lot of, like, things on my timeline. Like, hey, did you guys know Paul Felder? No, Sean Brady and Bilal Muhammad? I don't know if you guys are aware. Uh, and, and I'm not shitting on Paul. I love Paul. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, I, I get I get Paul, and I, I, I get, as I, I constantly find myself into that. And we can, it's easy to do it. It's easy to talk about ourselves, you know? But yes, one of the many injuries that I'm, I'm trying to tough through this camp is a shoulder injury. And it's brutal, man. Like, before almost having my eyeball scratched out and, um, you know, popping something really badly, um, this week, last week, I was just, you know, TJ said how emotional the camp was. That was really speaking to me. Because, and I'm not saying you should feel bad for TJ or this is a, he's... He's done terrible things. He doesn't seem like a great guy, great, great, great training partner or anything like that, folks. Believe me, I'm not. Just because I bet the guy doesn't mean like I'm fucking, you know, I'm, I'm at the church of TJ, you know, uh, you know, or anything like that. Believe me. Uh, but 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 I I feel for any human being going through these these injuries and adversities because it really humbles you. Even even the TJ Dillashaws of the world, right? Um, like the, the absolute chads of the world, right? And um, and my shoulder, um, I came in to this camp with recovering from a torn labrum on my left side. And my right side, it, I, I've been in camp so long now, it feels like since uh, end of May, beginning of June, and been dieting hardcore, dieting since then, dieting hardcore since early August. So the diet now, basically shit that I don't even like, like caramel corn, like sounds great to me. I'm at that point of the diet where everything sounds amazing. And physically, my good side is, has now become my bad side. Like, I've been training that long and that shit, right? And um, so now my good shoulder is now my bad shoulder. And uh, it actually gave out because I was going with heavyweight guy that I shouldn't have been. But the program, there's not many people for him to work with. And I'm one of those people in the middle ground. And was, you know, anyways, just uh, with the skill, the way it works out, I'm, I'm one of the few that can give him some decent rounds and I'm, I'm done doing that <laughs> no offense no no offense my man uh bow big bow but um but yeah you know I, I essentially had a 300 plus pound uh former division something football player uh trying to keep me down and literally doing tackles while i'm doing trying to do underhook get-ups and that posting arm just gave out 
and it hasn't done it since. Um, it's actually starting to feel better, but it was still so bad. It's been all, it's such it's been so touch and go. Um, and I didn't realize how much I just swim 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 for singles and use underhook getups. And if you read my analysis, TJ doesn't always give his back, which is why I picked him because he will swim for singles and go for underhook getups. They're very safe options in MMA, especially if you know what you're doing. And the thing about that is, is that you know wrestlers all have kind of bad shoulders, and I do a lot of wrestling myself. My style is very wrestling heavy because you're swimming for those underhooks, and when you get up for the underhook. It's not even so much the underhook side; it's the posting arm, and you saw that like TJ couldn't couldn't post on that on on that one side. That's why and and what you have to do and that's why I was saying it sucks. And Aljo is the worst type of fighter to do it, not just because it's a UFC fighter on the world stage at, at the world title level, but because what you have to do then is give your back to get up when your shoulders like that. And Aljo is the last guy you want to give your back against, as we saw, as we've seen, and. I got like I don't know if you could tell me I was like kind of swelled up last week and I just dude didn't do it maliciously he's a really talented dude really good partner I've been working with him a lot um, but like ah uh, one of the rounds especially I just I got the piss beat out of me man and uh, just just been pretty damn emotional just like not emotional in the fight or like getting angry back at him but like just like and you know not crying or anything like that not that there's anything wrong with crying but yeah it was just it sucked and just like fuck man like wow you feel so you see you feel so fucking helpless man and um you're like what am i doing what can i i can't even i'm not even you're like why am i i need to spar i'm i'm i only have this much out from a fight i need that timing but at the same time like i'm not even giving myself a good account for myself i'm like further hurting myself i'm uh physically and then mentally i'm i'm lowering the bar too cuz i'm taking these beatings and this is not helping my confidence at all so yeah, when TJ says a hard time getting through the camp and this and that, I'm not saying to sympathize because it holds the division up, and that's a whole other part of the conversation, which I am absolutely sympathetic with the rest of the division for. By the way, just just a whole shit show, man. You know, like someone should have stepped in there and protected him from himself, just like I probably got to do for myself here. Even though I'm not saying no one's not doing it for me, I've actually had a bunch of people telling me to to to, to, to take it easy and stop this or stop that and they're worried for me so yeah we're, 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 we'll see maybe more on that later but it sucks man it just sucked there was no point you know he was he's, there was no point in the fight and then there's no point from the fight even going like that but we're all stubborn to our decisions chasing glory and gambling on ourselves so I'm not gonna cast stones too hard when I'm not even getting paid I don't even have promise of a career I suck and I'm sitting here trying to push through similar, real similar shit that we saw tonight and I'm not even at that level, and I'm not even getting paid. So I, am I gonna really talk shit? You know, so it just sucks, and it was a waste of time. I'll say that. You know, I sentiment with you guys there. Um. All right, Rain Lamina, what's up, dude? Shout out to Dan Tom for putting great MMA analysis every week on like WMMA YouTubers who speak like they think they know everything and attack fighters when they come from. I don't know who that shades at, my friend, but uh. I guess you could say I was throwing shade. I was only throwing shade at people who threw shade, granted. So it was just about, you know, and casting a wide net I was. But uh, that sounds oddly specific, and I'm not, I'm not catching on that one. But uh, I appreciate you, Rain Lamina. You're always welcome here, my uh, my brother, to voice your opinion. Synchro Wing. I sang Sterling's praises after both Yon fights, but him not finishing TJ has made me hurt. He did finish TJ. 
I'm sorry, my reading comprehension is terrible, um, and I haven't been sleeping well right now. So, uh, I'm sorry if that one uh, escaped me. James Kendrick, one of the narratives this week was that Islam's team was saying that no matter what Oliveira was training with won't help. Why do you like why do uh, why do people like to trash fighters training camps like that? I mean, it was competitive, I guess. Well, you, uh, I believe Khabib's Oliveira said that Khabib uh, went to Oliveira and, and kind of like apologized after saying, you know, all the all the trash talk. It was just promotion. It, it was just fight game, brother. Um, and that he respects Oliveira, which was cool to hear. That he respects him. Um, sorry. But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that that was that about. But yeah, everybody was trash talking in Oliveira's camp and stuff. And you know what? It's okay if Khabib and Islam wanted because they're gonna get in there and fight. Those guys are doing the damn thing. You know, it it's it's those of us who sit comfortably from our couch and cast stones. Whether again we're fans, gamblers, or media, I've seen everybody, everybody do this, and it's. So we need the Alvin Yakatoris of the world, folks, reminding us of that positive message and. Um, you know, we need more people, uh, whether they're higher profile, like the Felders and all those people, the the fighters and stuff, to the, uh, you know, I guess the opposite and bottom of that totem pole, which just happy to be a part of it, I guess. That's not too cocky. Uh, people like myself just trying to, uh, you know, help that effort. So, so yeah. Um, all right, let's get some more questions here. Jerry Harper, Khabib is turning to an, oh you're right yep you remember that one yeah synchro wing Khabib is a good coach but Henry Cejudo is about to have his fifth champion by the end of the year way late I don't disagree with that sir I don't disagree with that don't think that's too bold of a prediction but I agree I agree my man Martin Peterson don't let words by others affect you I know that I shouldn't you're, you are you are right sir uh, who's next for Aljo also from Martin um Who's next for Aljo, huh? Yeah, that's a good question. I say whoever Aljo wants, man. <laughs> Give him what he deserves. It. We should have had it Aldo though. This was this is just really crappy. That was another really crappy thing about the matchmaking stuff. It's just like, you know, you could have gave Oliveira his Connor shot. Um, you know, good for Makachev. This is definitely best case scenario for him. I'm not gonna like argue anything for him, but like, and you know, hey. Look, look, he, he passed the test with flying colors, too, so definitely I'm not going to, like, die on this hill or anything. But before this, it's been more than reasonable to make the argument that Makachev could have fought some more people and this and that. He, uh, you know, uh, and it would have given us a better idea, maybe, you know, uh, of his skill. So this was this was, this was really good look from Makachev. And we'll get to the O'Malley's uh, thoughts, your thoughts and my thoughts, but this was a really good sample size, if you know, for the... the the battle for sample size, right? Uh, reasonable sample sizes. Like, we got to see a lot, you know, uh, of stuff we haven't seen before. So that's great, you know. Right or wrong, bet, being on the wrong side of the bet as well, like, I'm still very happy for those things, folks. I'm going to keep that same energy, you know. Uh, but, but yeah, um, it should have been Aldo, though, man. And then instead, you, you get Marab, and then we get this, and then just so that, so that we can wait and be on the shelf for this depressing thing that probably shouldn't have happened and... I mean, I get why TJ was gonna do it. I mean, again, these fighters won't protect themselves from themselves. You're gonna, you know, tell them not to gamble on themselves, uh, which they have, I know. But you know, that's another thing. It's just like these fighters are gambling on themselves, folks. And um, 
Yeah, that's why I hate when when a fighter does, you know, and, and I know they're not allowed to anymore, but like I hated so much all the people that were like giving props to fighters for gambling on themselves, but then there's, you know, when they win, but then they shit on like the Justin Janes of the world when they lose. It's like, whoa, keep that same energy. That is straight up hypocrisy bullshit right there. You know? Um, keep the same energy either way how you feel. I'm not telling you how to feel about that, but make sure you keep that same energy and realize at the end of the day, all them fighters are gambling. More, much more than we ever will, but also gambling in the same instance as we, many of us, have to. Um, especially those of us uh, under the same form of capitalism <laughs> these fighters are. Not trying to go there. I'm just saying it's it's the truth, folks. We, we not saying good or bad or this or that or making a comment or left or right. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying the reality of the world is we're fucking and under many instances, right? From what they're going through to what we're going through and everything in between, we all gambling on it. We're all gambling. So let's be kind to each other. Let's be kind and keep the same energy. That's all I'm saying. That's not controversial. That's not political. Be kind and keep the same energy, right? Right? Um, yeah, let me see here. Uh, Jerry Harper, Aljo has grown on me quite a bit. Nice. Talk about camps and coaches being good. How good is Ray Longo and fighters he turns out? I really like Ray Longo, man. Um, you know, old school guy. Um, he, you know, he almost sounds like Bruce Willis from Die Hard. Like, I feel like, uh, I, I, you, you, you know how, like, Kenny Florian did, like, a heat with uh, Hinata Larange? Like, I want to see someone do, like, that kind of production. But I just want to see, like, Ray Longo, like, as he is now, in a, put him in the wife beater. I know what I'm asking for here. They make him slick back his hair, you know, like like Bruce Willis, like a dirty wife beater, you know, strap on an MP5, get a get a radio, you know, have him stand on top of a building, act like it's Nakatomi Plaza, and just have him repeat lines from Die Hard. Like, that would be so amazing and fulfilling to me to hear that. Like, <laughs> all right, listen here, Hans. I figured you left the party light on. Hanging out with Carl, James, and Franco here. Figured I'd bring Al, Al, Joe, and Marab. We'd see what make what happens. <laughs> Sorry, that's really bad. Uh, Longo and otherwise there. Um, but yeah, I, I got nothing but good things to say. Um, old school guy, the hill sprints, you know, those things are brutal. Um, taking a break from those right now, unfortunately, but I've been knocking those out, man, uh, twice a week and uh, if when I can. But I'm not too freaking injured. Um, but yeah, man, props to Ray Longo. Uh, Alvin Yakatori, all fighters bring their heart and soul to the cage to fight through adversity and produce creating an amazing work of art uh, of art called combat. That's right. That's right, sir. RJ Birdle, why are there so many unprofessional people that cover this sport? Just hot takes from people that have never been through a camp or trained. Yeah, I hate to do that because that feels like the lazy take, but you know what? I feel like I'm leaning more into it, not just because I'm in that environment, which I'm sure has something to do with it, but oh my goodness, there are just some just really bad... Uh, you, again, back to what my guy Eric Beth Fight said, you know, when he said be wary of, of, as far as people being confident, overly confident about picks. I feel like that's just a good example about life in general, but in the middle ground of, what, of those two things, bets to life in general, uh, what RJ Bertle's talking about, how people can just be really just unprofessional, ignorant... Like, it's just, um, it is bad, man. It is bad, man. And, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade or anything like that. Um, I've taken my gripes to people in DMs, and I'm not afraid to talk to people to their face. 
because again, I'm, I'm training with actual the actual fighters that that the, the these fucks are unfairly criticizing most of the time. But uh, but yeah, people don't. What I found, man, is that people don't like honesty. And people don't like confrontation. They don't respond well to it. And they don't know how to. When I try to be mano a mano and talk to people via DM privately, professionally, it doesn't go as well as you think. Um, when I talk in meetings in quote unquote closed safe spaces where we're supposed to be honest, um, you know, uh, when I bring and when I when I talk about you know. Uh, our, our well-being as independent contractors in, in closed safe spaces um, I get fucking crickets yet these same people yet these same people will be out there tweeting about oh the UFC is so bad and and oh fighters need a seat at the table and oh you fighters you know if you guys didn't have your seat at the table and you know off of the you know whether they're genuinely doing it like from a heartfelt or good place or they're doing it from a high horse place Yo, listen to me, folks. In my experience, 99% of them ain't keeping that same energy. 99% of them. Not even when it comes to their own well-being. Or their friends or their co-workers or anything like that. Like, it's... You'd be surprised how many people do not keep the same energy. Whether they pretend to or not. So, um, it's... Uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, and and again, not to use that reductive, because it is. It's very reductive and unfair. But coincidence, most of these people have not competed, trained, or anything to the level um, that maybe one could actually argue that you need. You maybe need to to get some respect. But then again, there's so many good fans and listeners and people out there who interact with this show, who maybe don't have that experience, and they seem to respect the fighters. Heck, and they even gamble on it, and they're degenerates like you know the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even 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 we uh, can be respectful. But yeah, man, I uh, there's a reason why I make it a point to say that I'm not a journalist because most of for, for first of all, no one really is in this space. Uh, but even like careful about because <clears throat> I'm a I'm not a team guy anyways. But being like, oh, media, media, I'm a you know, team media or all media the same. I know people treat it that way and criticize it that way. But um, but no. Uh, I, I, listen, I suck. I may not be likable. You don't have to agree with me. Fine. All good. All those things. Um, but I do come from the same side of the fence that the fighters come from and not the journalists and the media people who claim to be journalists. And I'm proud of that fact. Uh, Alright. Wow, Dan. You're really speaking from your heart today, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, I also have respect for you, Dan, since you take the time to study film. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, respect amongst my peers, listeners, uh, is, is honestly the, the most I could ask for. Um, I don't ask for much, and, and, and igno- but acknowledgement is, uh, means more than most to me than most. So thank you. Um, Herbilius Merciless Dean. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. We got Herb. We got uh, Herb Dean is the gold standard that comes in here, keeps me in line. So I want to keep the uh, Herb slander at a minimum, uh, and remind you that, that, that Herb seems like a very nice guy in person, for whatever that's worth. I don't. I, I hate that because I feel like that's the excuse people make for really bad people. I don't want to be one of those people either. I'm just, I'm just trying to be nice and fair. I don't know, folks. Um, 
you are not Church of TJ, but you are Church of Magnum. That is true. Guilty is charged. Um, but hey, man, there could be a matchup coming up, you know, sometime where I do pick against her. You know, I picked against her in the past. I picked Torres to beat her, I think, back in the day. Coming clean on that one. I know that was a wild pick even at the time. I knew it was wild, but, you know. I got to come clean. Again, I'm not somebody who will just bring up stuff to make me look good. For better or worse, mainly worse. I'm honest with you guys. Jimmy Kudo, uh, is it bad if a fighter constantly changes, changes camps? Um, it can be, you know. Um, we've seen it plenty of bad cases, but how about some of the fighters with like the most longevity and have won titles or fought for titles throughout their career in said longevity, like Vitor Belfort or Alistair Overeem, noted camp hoppers, right? So for every example, there's a counterexample, uh, but good question. Yeah, interesting, right? Interesting. Food for thought. Feel free to chime in on the chat too, folks, if you guys think of an answer that I'm not, which is very easy to do because it's me and it's me multitasking. So a little double, triple handicap depending on how you're handicapping. Jerry Harper. Uh, TJ may be a terrible person, but that guy is tough as hell. However, some of the choices he has made uh, maybe catching up with them. Yes, that's true as far as his body. That is very true. Our health is all we have, right? As somebody uh, tweeted, I think my John, my, my guy John Young co-tweeted. Um, too tough for his own good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, someone was saying, like, if he dislocated it like 20 times in camp, he really did long-term damage. I mean, I have a brother-in-law now who was never, like, a crazy athlete. He's a good, big guy in good shape, rock climbing, bikes, and this and that. But his shoulder is just done. I mean, he's been in immense pain, and he's like healthy dude, not old. I mean, he's been dealing with it. Uh, he might be in his 50s now, but he's been dealing with it throughout his entire 40s. I'm almost 40. Um, you know, again, all the grappling, all the martial arts and stuff. Like I, Again, I know I suck or this or that, and, you know, you'll never be a pro. Not that I ever wanted to be in there or sought out to be or thought I could be, folks. Relax. But if you want to shit on me, you can say you've never won as an amateur yet, which is true yet. Um, so go ahead, shit on me, that's fine. Uh, but uh, but at the end of the day, I've been doing some type of combat sport since 1992, since before some of you, maybe many of you were born, having punches and kicks thrown at me, and um, I'm still in the room, as of now, as a 37-year-old, with actual, not just Amis, but pros, and people that I'm probably going to be covering. Um, you know, two of the guys who've been kicking my ass recently just won belts, um, so shout out to uh, my guy Gio Salazar, uh, my other guy uh, Bryce Moak, um, you know, uh, and uh, even in my last round, going against a good guy, I was when I, when, when when something popped, um, I was actually winning the round in a position very similar that you see Khabib and Islam always get to. It's just fucked up sometimes, man. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to push through uh, as I answer some questions. Uh, one last one on TJ that I see here, then we'll get to O'Malley on, because I'm, I'm interested to share what I think and hear what you guys think. Uh, Synchro Wing, um, I meant did it finish TJ earlier has made me uh, racist. Oh, okay, I get you, because someone told me that I didn't like having a black champ, even though I think he's a worthy... Uh, oh, yeah, racism stuff's no fun. Um You've been nothing but uh, polite to multiple cultures in here in the small sample size alone, Synchro Wing. So um, I'm sure I'm sure that's unfounded. Um, 
and uh, and yeah, man, I think uh, it's I think both uh, Jamaica and just uh, you know uh, black uh, black uh, African Americans, however you want to identify, it, it's a win for mul- it's a, it's a win for multiple columns as far as that regard. To be honest, so uh, I don't know, man. Everybody's winning, uh, and it's all good thing. It's all good stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we don't like racism and and, and all that stuff. So uh, that's that's no bueno. Um, Sean O'Malley defeated Peter Yan via split decision, twenty nine twenty eight. With uh, the two judges, it was round one that was in question that was cited as close in the broadcast. I thought the broadcast was kind of crazy. And I was gonna tweet something. I'm like, is it really that close? But I was like, Dan, you bet Yan. You're watching through. Uh, you see these glasses? These are Yan-colored glasses. You have your opinion, just like you know. It, it was it was kind of a moot point for the uh, when I do, even when I do subject a scorecard, is worthless. I I bet it, folks. Okay. So I said I'm gonna wait and watch it after after the dust settles. The bet's already lost. The emotion is out of it. Even though you know I'm doing this right after the fight so who says it's out of it but uh you know you folks again if, if i'm not perfect i don't get everything right uh, you know i suck you don't have to agree with me all that that's fine but uh, ain't nobody taking away from me that i'm honest and i'm one of the most best at stating my biases which uh, in this space you know again no, another thing you know uh, a lot of people are bad about whether it's uh media or people that come from the fighter side of the fence that are fighters that go to media they're even worse at it in fact so uh i am proud of that fact or whatever so that's why i didn't want to get too into it right and um i saw you know i saw different ways now is it you know yawn fans betters um slash that whole kind of like fed up of the system thing where like especially if we've had some like you know I don't know if it happened this card, but like I remember that Mexico card where you had that kind of bad Grasso uh, Esparza decision, and then so people are, are pissed, and then by the time the eye poke thing happens with Jeremy Stevens and Yair, everybody just loses it, right? There's kind of a collective thing that happens, like in general audience, not just live audience, like from us from Twitter at home. Uh, you know, especially when it comes to things that have burned us justfully, right? To where we and we we've all been guilty, we've all been there where we overreact because. Oh, the ref, all this ref, or the refs always mess up, which isn't true. Even with the worst refs, they don't always mess up. But it's kind of how we can get into that thought. We get into that blanket statement thing that I try to avoid and try to call out, right? I, I do it too. We all do it, okay? Um, so you had people kind of coming at it from those multiple facets. And you had other people where either in good faith trying to defend, they, 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 they did believe it was close, or... There is a bit of that contrarianness, which I get, because again, I'm not calling throwing shade here. I too commit this. I'm really bad at this, Mr. Contrarian here. But sometimes you want to be a contrarian. And go, I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, and then I saw the, those two crowds just like it was like it was like uh, you know the the, what, the five points war, you know, and uh, Scorsese's uh, gangs of New York and shit, you know. But it's just like the two sides, right? Everybody was like, okay, all right, definitely staying out of this. my bias ass is definitely staying out of this, right? To the dust settles. Um, Feel free to throw, throw your scores in the chat. Like if you haven't already. Uh, and subscribe, Daniel Tom MMA. Five-star ratings and reviews. Appreciate it. But, um, so I'm like, let me go back and watch with a sober mind because I felt like uh, Jan's counters made round three. Um, got him back within it a lot closer than maybe he was given credit to. But I ultimately went with O'Malley. Um, 
and uh, I feel pretty confident in that. Um, I feel like maybe you know we could split hairs on what's more egregious, giving that round to uh, Jan or giving round one, giving round three to Jan or giving round one O'Malley. I don't. We could be arguing even longer if we did that. So I'm not going to. It's really not that important. But it does prove the point that it's one of those close fights where it could be 29-28 O'Malley or 30-27 Jan. I get it sounds crazy to some people, but I get that. Um, I don't know about it here, especially after rewatching and accepting that my money is gone. It's never coming back. Uh, and I did that before I rewatched, and I even rewound and rewatched like the first two minutes two or three times because I kept getting uh, ADD distracted. If I'm being honest with myself, which again is a reminder, folks, on how hard it is because if you're a, if you're a judge or if you're in these or or these judges, I should say as well. Um, if they have a little ADD lapse in mind, like you can't make make up for that, like, and now that's on you if you missed something that was crucial, and you may not think you missed anything, you're hoping that you missed anything, but did you? You know, you get a bunch of like back roar, and you're like, is this the normal back roar that people always give judges, or is this legitimate back roar because I I actually missed something, right? Um, to kind of prove how difficult the job is to defend the judges and the two judges, one is Ben Cartledge, a judge I greatly respect, and I'm grateful that he gave me the time. But just because of that doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, uh, not give my opinion or, like, uh, do that thing where, again, people in the media are really bad about if they've got good connections, whether it's a fighter, a judge, uh, a promotional official. Whenever things within their neighborhood go bad, they're doing damage control. It's like, dude, no one's paying you to do damage control. You're media. You need to report on what's happening. You don't. It's not your job to do damage control. Like, you know, no, you're worried about hurting their feelings, right? And I can say that as somebody picks again, picks against people. I'm on the fucking same mats. We're staring the same stopping ground, saying the same coach. We're fucking doing the fucking sport. And I'm honest. And I keep that same energy, even when I'm wrong and accounted for it like I am now. So I kind of hate that. I get it. It's human nature, folks. I get it. It's just like you know. I get it. You're not gonna make any friends doing what I do. You're not gonna advance your career. Believe me. Look at me. Right. I mean, shit. Um, fucking scraping for for things over here uh, quietly behind the scenes stuff that you guys I, don't know but it's just like I, it's like I wish I could tell you but I, I can't and I won't so I'm just gonna stay professional obviously it just it sucks uh, but yeah yeah man I, I it, it uh, um sorry what the hell was I what the hell was I talking about don't get hit in the head folks um, yeah, uh, oh, the score is for Yano O'Malley. Yeah, I, I don't, um, I, I get it. I get it, but I'm, I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm still not going to say it was like a robbery, but this was, you know, and Grant, keep in mind, I'm the guy that never really uses the word robbery. Uh, but I will say this, it's pretty damn close, man. It's pretty damn close. And that's me saying it, okay? And I'm like, if you want to accuse me of being overcorrecting and being too much on the front, I'm worried about what I look like. I don't want to hurt anybody. You could definitely accuse that of me right now, by the way, for not saying that in general or for this. Because going back to watch it, there's really not much that's being done even in the first two minutes by O'Malley. Um to the point where commentary is doing that thing and again you gotta be careful because and I'm not for all the criticisms fair or not um, with commentary uh, I'm trying not to do this where um, sorry I'll let my dog in here in a second get up uh, we're basically uh, 
basically they, they they feel like they have to compensate for another fighter if they're not doing well. And it's not that O'Malley was doing terrible because there really wasn't a lot of action, although Peter Yan was um, checking a majority of the leg kicks and landing the much cleaner ones as well as landing cleaner to the body. Uh, it was mainly body and leg work. Surprise, surprise, guys. Wait, 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 wait. There's a controversial decision. And, and okay, we know you, you, you lost this decision because that's history, death, and taxes, Dan. But wait a minute. You're saying... There was a controversial scoring of a round, and the fighter who landed more quality shots, both landed more quality, sh harder shots, and the more of them, the more quality, the more shots, the more harder, the more quality, more of them even defended better, but they were in the, the, the realm of body and leg kicks? What? What? The more flashy, flamboyant headhunter? got credit in the round everybody's screaming about? That never happens. I certainly don't call that out. For audio listeners, I'm just giving one of those stares to the camera right now. Just another begrudging I told you, motherfucker. You know, and not I told you so, because again, I am right about this stuff. I am right about the poetic twists and the nice, and, and, and I'm wrong about like, you know, bets and close decisions and this and that, you know. Um, that's how it goes, folks. Do you guys know anybody that could be so 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 right when they're even when they're wrong? And I'm not saying that like to cushion my fall because again, I'm not right in the ways that matter, and I'm the first to admit that. But I'm saying like in a poetic irony sort of a way, because this just keeps happening. But you know, but you know, I you know what what do I know on scoring? You know this and that. You know, uh, you know what do I know? Um, now again. I'm also not going to go the opposite side and be like, the judges are twiddling their mustache and not grading body work and leg work. No, that's not true. I've said that many times in this podcast. They are obviously trained to grade the more impactful strikes. Um, I think it's just like the same thing with why striking gets prioritized over grappling. It's not because it should, folks. There's a lot of people spreading misinformation out there, even on UFC broadcasts. It's effective striking and grappling. And what was more effective? What was more damaging what was more immediate still count the accumulative but what was more immediate still counting and acknowledging the accumulative but it's both it's effective striking and grappling folks and um and yeah there was no effective grappling like sean o'malley got a takedown but it was at the end of the round and so you so again you have to be aware of the bias that uh, that we accuse the judges of all the time right of oh they just remember what happened at the end well we got that with the O'Malley takedown and then you get the broadcast overselling it because they didn't expect him to be this good they start off overselling him in the first two minutes um, where they start overselling some strikes I think even like and it goes like it was from Southpaw and he was trying to set up his left hand clearly it's, he's more of a power shot guy a long power counter from whatever stance O'Malley's doing and it was good because he needed more lead hand presence. He was lacking it. And it was almost like he remembered. And he did a parlay parry into a jab off the same side, which is great. It's something I've been actually working on myself, actually, as a southpaw, too, especially. But it's not a powerful shot. And, and it was like, piston of a right hand. I'm not shitting on Anik or whatever. But it's just like, you, got, you know, people hear that and it goes in their mind, you know. Even if they know better, maybe they're not watching that clearly because the power of suggestion... Again, magicians are made, made a lot of money uh, off the power of suggestion, folks. It works really well even when you think you're looking at something and paying attention to something you think you know. Um, when you go into a certain autopilot mode, back to that concentration and how difficult the judges' jobs are, 
Um, you could be susceptible to these things. That's why I always say be careful just listening to a commentary or that's why so many people listen on mute, um, you know, because they, they really want to get that get that effect in there. And if you're looking at the body shots, like O'Malley catches one of Young's body kicks a lot cleaner. But I give Jan way more credit for his body kicks because you can actually see and, I, and there were some bad camera, camera angles for both guys. And what I did when I was grading this, folks, was if there was an unsure shot for Jan, I didn't count it. And this is the one bias I did do going in. I actually countered the steering wheel the other way. I handicapped it for O'Malley going in, which was if there was a shot that I didn't see that O'Malley threw, I gave him credit for it. And it still wasn't close to me after I did that, folks. Again, I'm at peace with this. My money's gone. It ain't coming back. I can cry as much as I want. Nothing's going to change that. I know that. I would hope my body of work and the character that I've shown through the sample sizes as big and consistent that I've given could prove that. But it wasn't... It, I, I, I didn't see it as close. Whereas... Jan didn't catch, but that's not exactly the whole thing. It's a pass-through. It's a Muay Thai pass-through for the body kick. And he was passing through the way it may have made, you know, it may have, he may have slapped with the foot to make a noise, but that's the dangerous thing about people who don't know striking and are leaning too hard on the criteria portion solely of making that mistake, which I've talked about with, with said Ben Cartilage, and he agrees with me on this, by the way, um, of discounting the cumulative uh, in favor of what you deem as more impactful. Now, impactful obviously weighs more than cumulative by criteria dismission, but you don't, dis uh, by, by criteria how it's written, but that does not mean you dismiss cumulative. Because again, if it's that carnival race where you're shooting the water gun into the hole to get your horsey across, right? Um, heavier impact should get you, you know, five paces to the one pace for cumulative. But if there's a lot of cumulative and there's only one or a couple heavy impact, Eventually, the, the tortoise can beat the hare, folks. Um, we know the story. It's an age-old story. This shouldn't be too hard of a concept to grasp in conjunction with written criteria, but even amongst the self-proclaimed top criteria people, it, it's still a trap that you can fall into. And I'm not saying that to throw shade. This is something that a trap that judges themselves can fall into because I was affirmed, confirmed, and told that by a judge. But yeah, um... But yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I honestly scored it for... And I, I went into it very open to it for O'Malley. And I want to say this now to give in defense of... And again, not that I have to do damage control because I, I disagree with uh, Cartilage and Lethaby who scored it for O'Malley. And they're very, you know, uh, good, uh, long-standing judges who are very respected in the community. Um you know, so you have that. They were in a, two of the three were in agreements of which rounds to. It wasn't like they were scattered on rounds, which I guess is, is is good too, right? You know, you gotta give credit where it's due. Um, and commentary again. I don't. I didn't agree with commentary either that it was a close round, live or upon rewatch, biasly live or unbiasedly upon rewatch, unbiasedly as possible upon rewatch. But the common thread was is that there was a majority of them more than just my opinion or your opinion and they were all cage side not that it's always the best view by the way it's not you know 
you got to use your monitors. You will. You, those people will use their monitors for commentary or judges if they're afforded that. But they do have a cage high view, which is even if you don't want to argue, or even if you want to argue what's a better view, it's a different view. And it's the view that matters because it's the people calling the action and adjudicating the action is what we're talking about, right? So their viewpoint, just like we should respect other people's viewpoints in the world, right? We should respect theirs. So, um, you know, I respect theirs. Uh, for my own curiosity, it would be nice to hear, you know, uh, you know, explanations as far as, you know, for people on the accountability side or whatever. But at the same time, it's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more to that conversation as well. But uh, yeah, I had it 29-28, Jan giving him rounds one and two and giving O'Malley round three. No problem giving O'Malley round three. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt like uh, Jan's leg kicks were debasing. His body kicks were harder. Um, and even though he wasn't hitting hard shots, he literally was doing everything from foot stamps, foot stomps, knees to the thighs, uh, punches, and elbows and knees in the clinches and off the breaks. That's about five different strikes, about uh, five, di uh, five different strikes at multiple different phases. And he consistently did that in any grappling entanglements. Whereas O'Malley didn't throw a strike or a submission attempt or have any control with that one takedown at the end, um, which was amid um, some landed Peter Jan uh, strikes. Um, O'Malley did land a couple good strikes in there for sure. Um, but just not enough for me. So I'm going to go through and see what you guys thought. See if I'm crazy. Um, for that, uh, Jimmy Kudo, I know Jack slacking yourself. Number one thing saying is you guys don't like to argue close fights. Is Jan versus O'Malley a close fight? Uh, it was an amazing fight. It was a competitive fight. Um, it's hard. Close is just one of those words. I mean, even competitive, people get so mad about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... It's, you know, uh, people get so picky about the, your choice of verbiage and descriptors. Um, I, you know what? I thought it was a close fight off of initial instinct, and maybe that was just the high of it. Maybe we're all suffering from that, and I will acknowledge these things like I always tend to do. Um, so, yeah, initially I thought it was a close fight. I didn't think it was as close rewatching it, but uh, I'm not going to condemn anybody for saying it was a close fight or using that, using that verbiage. Uh, Jerry Harper, Jan and O'Malley was a close fight, no doubt. O'Malley dug deep and impressed, but man, it's hard to give him two rounds in that fight. But I'm biased, as I bet heavily on Jan. Tough beat, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree there. And obviously, I'm in the same boat as you. It's hard to complain because uh, I'm, I'm very biased, you know. Obviously, here. Um, so factor that in. But again, I, I, I rewatched and and I would be more than happy to rewatch with any any pro or any of my colleagues or any of you guys right now on a live screen if that was possible um, and audit it that way and would be just as confident in my score and if I, I wasn't well that'd be, that'd be a great uh, learning experience wouldn't wouldn't it um, Makato Kayagoku controversial question here is there a correct way to enjoy your victories don't think about don't don't you think Adesanya throwing shade and saying I thought you said I got not no knockout power uh is his way of uh, don't you think is his way yeah it absolutely is I don't think that's like too controversial of a thing um, I know I made a comment about it in the past but it wasn't like mad at Izzy it was more just like mm, mm, uh, wishing he would upset uh, just enjoying his moment and then you know but that, that chip on the shoulder man it's it's real 
I have a hard time separating my own chips on my shoulder. It's it's why a lot of us um, get in that cage. So far be it for me to throw that stone, but it was how I felt. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, I don't. I didn't mean it in a stone throwing fashion for what that's worth. Um, my NXC MMA. Uh, great thoughts. Really respect your opinion on this. OG. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Mark Fellows, do you give Islam a realistic chance of being competitive against Volk? Absolutely be competitive against Volk. I won't give a prediction of that yet. Um, huge size difference there. Huge. Um, and I'm definitely not going to be you know, disrespectful, uh, which I get. Islam's got to, you know. Ugh, that's the most upsetting, by the way. Benil Daryush should be getting the next title shot here. I don't, I don't want this to happen. No, we need to stop talking about it. This is gross. And then you got... And DC on the broadcast helping promote it, promoting the bigger fight for his boy, of course. So it's just going to amplify that narrative and push out people uh, like Benil, who, again, you don't got to like the guy's personal politics message. You don't got to be all about the religious stuff. It's not what I'm all about, but so sue me that I'm sympathetic toward a meritocracy and somebody who works hard and earns something, you know. Um, not to be bootstrappy, I'm just saying, like, Someone who works hard and earns. I don't think that's controversial to say, right? So, power to Benil, who we'll talk about here. And the rest of these won't be as, as long, folks. Um, Jimmy Kudo, example of changing camp. Zhang Weili has been a fight-ready Bang Tao syndicate a little bit the past year, but original core coaches. Yeah, and there's a lot of contexts like that, too, as far as the uh, camp change questions. There's examples either way, and then there's contexts of, like, okay, how much of it is it really a camp change to them just changing scenery a bit, right? Um... Da, da, da. Jerry Harper, you won't say it, but it was a potential robbery. DraftKings had Jan minus eight hundred at the end of the third live betting. Wow, that's a big, that's a big line. Um, Arcade ninety nine. The rounds were competitive, but I scored all of them for Jan, and I was confused by the commentary team a little bit too. Yeah, again, I don't want to get hung up on that argument, but I feel like scoring round three. If if you wanted my opinion on it, I. I, I Obviously, I would probably say round three for Jan more forgivable than round one for O'Malley, but that's just one man's opinion, folks. And again, I had bias on it, so make of that what you will. Um, da -da -da -da. No offense, Dan, but discussing the scoring criteria and complaining about it is the least interesting thing to me. Like time people were trying to argue Rosby Carlin rematch. Yeah, it would be boring, especially in that fight. But uh, in my defense, at least I try to keep it relevant, apropos. And I'm just kind of pissed off at, you know, um, people not doing it right, whether it's people on the broadcast, people in general, people in the comments, people that should know better um, and get far more credit than I do about it. But uh, I still hear certain things kind of misdone, in my opinion. So I try to clarify that and keep it relevant. And more of the better coaches and stuff are talking about it. it was uh, just recently, um, you know, I was working with uh, my coach, Neil Melanson, and we were working, you know, stuff for my fight and really technical stuff, like for a fight. And there was criteria talking. And not that we we're talking about criteria or judging criteria, but, you know, we we're just going over certain rides and stuff. And, and I, I love hearing good coaches should be doing it. Neil was like, oh, this is, this is really good. Um, this really shows the judges that you're being dominant from a grappling position and really helps sell it to them. Because you have to be aware of optics, especially things like we talk about on this podcast that don't get graded as well, like grappling or leg and body work, which I know you're a fan of ghosts. So 
See how easily it ties right in and everything? So like it or not, buddy, it's here to stay. Arcade 99, I didn't rewatch yet. Maybe I'd score the fight different on rewatch. Always good to rewatch, folks. That's why I do the tape. That's why I do the study, you know? If you're like, oh, you study this fight? Like, yeah, no, no. I just I just remember that, that Islam Makachev always shoots with his head to the right side because I have nothing better to do, folks. Jesus Christ. Uh, not you guys, by the way, but I, you'd be surprised how many people just don't realize how much goes into this shit. Um, I appreciate Ghost Phantom's uh, example here. Uh, unless it's a complete blatant robbery like during Torres, where one fighter clearly robbed by hitting the crispier shots at the end of the round three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even that one, I didn't, you know me, I didn't even call that a robbery, but uh, I do appreciate that example there. Don't disagree. The context is being used in heavily context. It was a lot closer than most people think. Uh, that's probably just true. I, I feel like, you know, I can still have my opinion and still agree with that. Because, again, it felt like it was a camp of complete robbery or complete non-robbery. Y'all are crazy. Like, no. Um, I, like always, am more toward the middle, but if anything, more toward the side of uh, closer to the robbery side of a tug-of-war game, even though that's not my case and I'm not, you know, one-sided... Uh, person out here uh rain lamina said i i thought it was 29 28 uh jan he had a good first round which was out of character me too i thought he was actually actively pushing too in that first round too live and in rewatch so that is kind of ironic that uh he loses a crucial first and the one time he actually was like trying to win it um hold on i'm gonna let my dog in here and then i'll, I'll burst through the rest of these Huh? All right, Stinkum. Speaking of the wire, I call my dog Brownie Stinkum. That's how her name is eventually evolved into. All right, um, I'll continue on with those as they come through in the chat. Benil Daryush defeated Mateusz Gamrot. Happy to be wrong on this one. Um, and I'm happy the judges got it right. Uh, obviously, Daryush won. Um, I had it 30-27, but it was at least 29-28. Um, and again, going by criteria, uh, if you look at who was doing the submission attempts... Um, who was landing the damaging shots? Uh, that was Daryush. Um, and uh, so I have no problem there. Um, and round three was a great example. And again, I picked Gamrot even though I didn't bet it. So And I was rooting for Daryush. So I don't know how heavily biased I was toward Gamrot with that being my, in mind. But I did pick Gamrot. Uh, and I'm sympathetic to you, Gamrot betters. Because uh, speaking of, you know, the thing that always bothers me where the accumulative outweighs it and... You know, I'm always, I've always got the technical fighter who's doing more work and more, the more work, and then that one big shot changes it, uh, whether it's legit or not, um, or if it is legit, maybe there's still an argument the other fighter won, and that his, his cumulative is not given as much credit as it should be, regardless of the result or what I think of the result, and that annoys me as a pet peeve. Well, this wasn't one of those cases. It, it was like a perfect example to be, but no, I completely agree with it. That was easily the cleanest shot, not just the round of the fight. Not that that, you know, you got to be careful about that, by the way, because that's a dangerous thing where we can be like, oh, that sounded loud and slapped because there was like some slapping shots of O'Malley's in round one. But if you are really watching and you know striking um, and understand it, you know that those, if you had to gamble, A, are probably you know, not going to be as hard as the thudding shots or more meaningful. And if you're actually just watching the actions and reactions of it, right? Um you will you will you will see that and uh and uh but no this was like clear as day hit him dropped him and i know gamrot's uh just came off of a fight where he got dropped and still won around round four right against sarukian 
Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I I pulled the trigger on the wrong dog here for sure. Not that it would have helped my night. I mean, geez, I think I lost like a grand tonight, which sucked because uh, we had some good momentum recently, folks. And personally, I was right on the cusp of a withdrawal night, which means that these fight cards are always the most important. Plus, it was Dubronx. Plus, it was an actual good card on paper leading in. Plus, I bet more than I ever uh, usually bet. Not ever bet, actually, but more than I usually bet. That's for damn sure, right? And uh, not just to be a payout night, but I really could have used that, not just with the bad work news and whatnot, but um, with the uh, even though I've been planning and actually saving and buying things for this home gym since last year, it actually, a winning night tonight would have paid off my home gym. And I, not that I keep a lot of debt or crazy balance, but it would have paid off my credit card balance as well. Which would have been nice. Would have been nice. Because I too am gambling on myself, folks. I too am an independent contractor. I too am an entrepreneur trying to bust my ass and bootstrap myself into the world of capitalism. So, hey man, you, 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 you play, you pay. It's no, no sympathy I'm asking for, folks. I know what I'm getting into, but uh, it does suck. It does suck. I ain't going to lie. And for better or worse, I'm going to be honest about it, you know. Uh, could save face and just, you know, again, be like one of those people, just whether it's bets about life or whatever, you know, they're on your Instagram feeds where it's like, does, is, does anything bad ever happen to this person? Not that I wish it, but, you know, you're just like, it's always just like braggadocious shit. Like, you know, it's like, nah, you get, you getting it, you, you getting whatever, uh, you, you getting it raw here, folks. Raw dog. You getting it raw here, folks. Easy. Phrasing, Dan. Uh, you getting me, and I'm happy to be wrong on this one. Happy for Dariush, although you know it would have been nice to got gotten one right. That's another crappy thing, like about like when, you know, even though all the best fights were obviously on the main card, as they should be, it was a paid freaking portion of the card. We'll get into their selections next, uh, leading in and starting it off. But uh, as it should be, the best fight should be on there. But often in the fight nights, the best cards are in the prelims, the better picking fights. So my pick percentage on the prelims would be insane. I'd be like in the 80% right now, and I'd be like, mm, look at me. Uh, but no, no, we keep getting all these freaking trash, you know, heavyweights and random WMA fights and just, I know this one has actually stakes in the division. I'm just in general, folks. And, uh, boy, is it also wreaking havoc on my pick percentage because, you know, because I, I need that too. Uh, Manon Fioro defeated, uh, Caitlin Chukagian. Um, I would consider this a close fight, I guess, but I'm not going to die on my hill about it, uh, because, uh. I don't want to say the right person went wrong because people I respect out there uh, in the media who do uh, you know the due diligence and the criteria like my guy AB Aaron Bronstetter there um, did have for Chukagian I had it 29-28 Fioro and I and I bet Chukagian I had her props round robin and uh, I just put a unit on her straight because I was like you know in case it goes to the decision which it did um, but of course, again, folks, uh, this one I, I didn't expect to get. I shouldn't have got the right person one, so I, I don't even want to mention it. But yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a close fight. So you knew you knew me. I already knew where it was gonna go, anyways. Even if like my opinion was differing and everybody was like Chukagian, Chukagian, close fight, but Chukagian, uh, that would give most people hope. If you guys have been following along at home, we know we know the trend here. We know the trend uh, for for close for close controversial fights. No matter their shapes and sizes, we know where we end up on that. So, um, but no, no controversy there, in my opinion. I scored it for Fioro. Bad choice though to to open a main card with. Like, what what the heck are we doing here, right? Uh, and even the lead in another important fight. And I, I like both of these guys. So again, I feel bad complaining. I don't, I don't want to sound like a an asshole here. 
Uh, but um, I mean, it was well, it was more exciting than it had it had any right to be. And again, pops to Khabib as a coach because Bilal actually got the finish and he got the uh, bonus like he he deserves for getting that finish. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like the pressure. You could tell by the end of the first round for me that uh, you know I, I I didn't hate the Brady score. I wasn't trying to score because I bet it obviously. Um, so scoring is not paramount for me, nor should it be. My scores be paramount for you. Um, when I bet, especially, right? Uh, but uh, but yeah. Um, but again, it was commentary. You know, uh, commentary. Bilal kind of was getting cut a little bit, so you know he's showing it more. So that's what we're gonna go with. Brady swings harder. Bilal has volume. And uh, so, yeah, you're just going to get that classic. Well, it sounded on local white kids was more impactful, so I want to give it to him. But if you actually could see it, like, it was close, and I have no problem with it first going to Brady. But you could actually see where the fight was going. I like that Bilal was getting on the pressure. And DC was like, he Bilal has never pressured. Like, Bilal's a multiversated fighter, um, but he has enough of a sample size and has had enough pressuring performances from his debut against Joban uh, to many more. But... You know, we know DC doesn't do much prep, um, and you know, you know the hashtag Mark Diacasi wrestling for the first time in his career because he never did that in Bama or in the UFC. You know, so yeah, but uh, but hey, you know, uh, I prep and I'm wrong, and uh, you know, uh, he don't he's he's there. <laughs> he's, he's the champ, he's the double champ, he's the man. So I'm not hating, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, we had a Kyle Bohio, uh, but hey, we, we cashed a bet there, right? Let, 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 let's sit on that for a second. And it's gone, because I don't, victory lap. Uh, Kyle Bohio defeated uh, Mahmoud, baby. Mahmoud. Uh, yeah, Mahmoud. Uh, sorry, easy, Dan. Why are you getting so excited for that? Um, I wouldn't watch this fight too much, but it just looked kind of crazy. I didn't expect to see Mahmoud engaging on the top, albeit he was actually like doing well. Um, so that just looked like a weird fight. So uh, not much to say there. Um, Nikita Krylov defeated uh, Vulcan Secret of the Uzdemir. Um, uh, you know, that didn't surprise me too much. I know he doesn't go to decision very much, but this has been a trend. Uh, wrestling, out working down the stretch. And Uzdemir's never had the greatest gas tank. So uh, Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov stayed away, but um, he ends up getting it done. Um, Gaggi Omar Gaggia, that was a really bad fight. And again, um, I had Gaggia on my potential fraudulent list. If I wasn't proven right on it last time, you know, well, maybe this time. Armin Petrosian defeated AJ Dobson. Didn't watch too much of this one. This one didn't sound very great. Uh, I was listening to the commentary, though, and then just getting in my own head about the knee stuff because, um, yeah, it, it really does affect you. I've had. Uh, I already have a slight tears on ACLs, uh, pretty much bad meniscus on one leg, and who knows what's going on with the other. And yeah, again, just hearing what these guys have to go through and how they're still going and fighting on this stuff and whatnot, and going on camps and what they could be potentially doing long term in their career. You know, I mean, me, it's like. You know, just like I'm sure a lot of you have families that you take care of, right? Whether you have kids out there, your listeners out there with kids, um, or you're like me, maybe you take care of uh, older people in your family or your parents, right? 
and it's like I'm sitting here worried because like I'm the person who has you know it's like dude if I'm you know chasing this dream and something happens like people are depending on me for driving to places doctor's appointments lifting heavy things and people depend on me and that's why I stress enough with his work stuff and, and, and money and employment like, like we all do right because we want to be there for who we take care of so before we criticize these people, you know, we also got to remember it's like they they got to gamble on themselves. That's kind of the position they're in, whether we like them, whether we agree with it, like the T.J. Dillashaws. And if we are going to, I'm not saying not to give crap to T.J. Dillashaw, uh, and I'm not saying to give crap to A.J. Dobson, but these guys are in the same boat, man. It may be different contexts to, to varying degrees, sure, obviously. But these guys are all risking the same stuff. It's stupid, yes, but it's necessary. Not just chasing that glory that... It's really powerful, and I, 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 the young man in me is definitely coming out recently, right? <sighs> Again, now you're getting paid for this shit, and I'm trying to do it. So it's like, of course, these guys are gonna go out there with like one legs and stuff. We never know. And that is the crazy part about betting on this stuff. And again, that's the crazy part about being so sure. That's why I hate people that are too confident, and I hate people that are like easy money or no problem. It's just like, oh yeah, were you in there? Was it easy money? Were you the one that won the bet? for you or did you just have to sit on your ass and the other person had to go in the training camp yeah that's what I thought right you know just like the people I was talking earlier about talking shit like ah and using other fighters successes or again it's okay to be a Khabib fan and all these things but that's the worst things about like front running franchises like from teams to like undefeated fighters is you got these people running in and using this number as a big shield in every argument and it's just like ugh anyways uh, but yeah AJ Dobson, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, he learns from this and uh, hopefully both fighters can come back with a better performance because it was a real slog. Uh, even like one of the few finishes um, on the prelims, Mohamed Makhayev, it came late. You know, inside the de- distance, betters were probably sweating. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you got that break. I, I would like one of those breaks. Um, <laughs> uh but uh but yeah yeah it wasn't wasn't the greatest performance and uh you know i haven't been super high or hyped or looking to play this kid for a reason just overpriced i think people are 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 seeing that he's got plenty of room to grow i'm not condemning him not shitting on him he's good plenty of room to grow but you know again every time you see these ridiculously odds folks in mma it's like let's calm down shall we yeah carol hosa defeated lena landsberg and i didn't watch this one uh she got a point deduction it sounded like it was more of a sweat than it needed to be so again, even the big parlay pieces that did come through, it sounded like uh, it was a bit of a sweat that they did. So, yeah, my my faith in parlaying is not any higher. My faith in betting is not great right now after taking a big L like this. Probably just got to play out the rest of the year and see if uh, see what I finish out at. But uh, it's been uh, it's been not a terrible year, but definitely not a great year. Not for my lack of trying. I don't know where I'm at in Tout Master. Last time I was checked, I was around the top 15 out of 80 you know and I think maybe like two or three times I've picked against my actual picks that I give out and post and stay with so that number essentially more or less represents my actual picks that I'm making here folks and doing the work on but yeah it's it's bad I'm uh, 63 now I'm probably down to easily 60% after an 0-5 night for main card picks despite going perfect in the prelims it doesn't matter where it's currently being tracked, where my bets were, where it counts. That's where I get broken, not the breaks. 
Um, but good for you if you guys were able to get out uh, on top. I'm going to address some stuff in the chat, and we will uh, get on out of here. Sorry for me mood. Hopefully the audio is okay. Um, let's go. Uh, heavily combat. I had Sugar Shine Decision plus 500 ticket and still don't think he won. Wow. Congrats on the ticket, and more importantly, thanks for the honesty. See, that's a good winner right there, you know? He's not out here, see, he's not, he's not out here being like, it was easy money, like, which would have been obviously, you know, trolling, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're a good winner there, uh, heavily context there. Um, and congratulations on the ticket, very happy for you. I'm, I'm not a hater, uh, though I'm accused of it and can come off that way. I'm not, I'm happy for people, even though it's on the opposite side. James Kendrick, I thought Jan won the last round. You're not crazy. He did better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Um, saying that as someone who scored the third for O'Malley. Um, I didn't rewatch the third, by the way. I just jumped on with you guys, so preserve my right there. Uh, Jerry Harper, oh yeah, I know a lot of guys who cash an O'Malley decision ticket. Happy for them. See, we're, it's all it's all love here. Um, they should take that all day. Absolutely, they should. I don't even think O'Malley thinks he won that fight. Wasn't that funny, though? Like, the most cocky guy who is, like, known for taking credit for fights that he hasn't won and ignoring results, like, could not even... Even he couldn't hide it, folks. So, even though I'm not the type who screams robbery, and I do feel like that's probably used too much, I'm not saying that it's not wrong here, I'm saying that it's probably used too much if you're asking me broadly. Uh, I will say to those people, go easy on those who yell or condemn the folks who do say robbery. Because, again, even he didn't even think he won. I mean, come on now. That's that's always tough. That's always a tough argument right there, right? Hey, Kyle Mack. Love the content, Dan. I had it 29-28, yawn, but not seeing the horrific robbery round one was close. I respect Kyle Mack's opinion a lot. Great fight whatever the result it was and that's the unfortunate part is like it takes credit away from a great fight so uh and, and and what o'malley did do right so that's why i was tweeting make sure we acknowledge o'malley and i tweeted that that was a really good sample size from o'malley that we got there especially guys like me and kyle mack who like actually like to examine these things and have things to examine um so uh much respect uh much respect there O'Malley exceeded my expectations he adds he exceeded mine too I don't want that to get lost and I definitely want to give credit where credit's due um yeah I definitely give uh, O'Malley um a lot a lot of credit there absolutely he deserves uh he deserves credit for that um regardless of what you think of the decision uh Repost, would O'Malley versus Sanhagen be a car crash due to all the stance switching and body work I was thinking about that match actually James Kendrick as a as that as as that fight uh, ended and was going on, to be honest, so that would be an awesome. It would, um, that would be an excellent fight. I hope it. it I only want it for five rounds, though. You can't do that three rounds. That, that, if they do a Mally Sanhagen, that has to be five rounds. Has to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, what's it, what's the name? Oh, God damn it! I'm still down there, Jacob. It's got to be Jacob. It's just got to be. There's a heaven. And there's got to be a hell. It's just got to be. All right. Uh, Jerry Harper. Oh, let's see. Uh, hats off to Benil. I bet Gamrot, but Benil looked good, man. Uh, I thought the layoff would hurt him. I was wrong. Way, way wrong there. 
What Gamrot did against Sarukian messed me up. Yeah, man, man. Uh, hats off to Benil. Uh, definitely, man. And uh, you weren't the only one wrong. I was wrong on my pick and other things too, man. So happy to be wrong there, though. Uh, Kyle Mack, Benny is such a hard hitter for someone with hardly any knockouts. Absolutely. I always tell people that KO percentage is not always indicative of a fighter's power. Absolutely. Less of an argument for this and in a different way, but speaking of Takeo Mitsugaki earlier, he was a guy who I, I felt that way too, which is probably why he drew such intense fights out uh, from his people he fought, from Miguel Torres, shouts to my guy Kyle's Max episode, and his Patreon, Combat Chronicles. Combat Chronicle podcast, go check that out. You can find it on Apple iTunes and, and support him on Patreon for that uh, Miguel Torres special. Um, but yeah, I, that is a fantastic note that not enough people talk about or give enough credence to. Fantastic. Rain Lamina, speaking of the one big shot thing for Gamrot versus Benil, is that the same with Vera versus Font or Aldo versus Font? Absolutely. With a high vo- Those are perfect examples. Yes. Um, and I picked that ahead of time to be that, those ones. So I really do like those examples. Where the, he says, where the high volume boxer loses due to getting cracked. Yeah, those are great examples of that. Um, more clear because for as much more volume as you get from a Rob Font fight, right? Or um, you uh, had much more clear hurting moments too from Aldo and Vera both in those fights off memory. So great examples. Um, Synchro Wing, wait, your coach is Neil Melanson? You ask him why his number one student, Michael Chandler, just like to sit in closed guard and why he doesn't use those cradles? Um, Neil always taught cradles, albeit he's focusing on on it more since he split ways with Michael Chandler, right? Because they haven't worked together since um, uh, Neil went to Florida, I believe, before Mike Mike did, or Mike did before Neil did from San Diego, or something like that, um, around that time. So they haven't been working together for a minute, and uh, Michael Chandler should get to and sit and guard more because he actually has a really good ground and pound because he does work with Neil Melanson who is a uh, you know godfather of that ground and pound like Mark Coleman uh, uh, as far as like the coaching side of it goes because uh, you know he teaches he you know godfather of filth teaches the uh, hand fighting there which is the gateway to uh, good ground and pound you know just like is the good gateway to good clench striking hand fighting see Alistair Overeem uh, also see Alistair Overeem's ground and pound um, the reason why Alistair Overeem is credited with such good ground and pound uh, it's because he had such good hand fighting that he could just transfer that into the clinch, which is why you see Muay Thai savvy strikers have uncharacteristically good ground and pound, even if they're not known for their ground game. Um, see Darren Till versus Wendell Oliveira, right? Uh, again, it goes on from notable, not as notable, uh, all across the gamut um, examples there. Um, so uh, I actually like Chandler inside the guard because he knows what to do there. Um, he just doesn't emphasize it enough. He's, he's just a wild man. He's out there trying to knock people's heads off. Uh, Rio Sozin, let me try this again. Dan Tom is MMA Mania's number one pound for pound best analyst according to Top Topology. That's hilarious. I gotta, I gotta check that out if that's true. Uh, that makes much more sense now, uh, the way you phrased it. Um, Ghost Phantom, I don't know about you or anyone else, but I like to see uh, the growth and improvement from fighters and could care less about undefeated records. Absolutely, but again, that's always going to be the talking points. You know, it's just like it was a talking point for Khabib when he was fighting. It's going to be the talking point is his record and not the fact that he's actually giving technical analysis because that would require nuance, digging into the weeds, and God forbid knowing what the fuck you're talking about. Um, 
Michael Panza, what is your early lean for Izzy versus Pajeda? Uh, early leans probably for Beta, but I am keeping my mind open as I always do, folks. Um, even if it leads me wrong, where I came in leaning Aljo and ended up on Dillashaw, <laughs> it didn't matter. Uh, analysis didn't matter, no matter what side you were on for that fight. Uh, Synchro Wing. Lastly, uh, are you on the Manon Fiato hype train? Oh yeah, my guy Ghost Phantom also asked me about that earlier. Uh, I must know your opinion, so I can use it as my own. No, um, my opinion might not sound like I was using one of your guys' because I actually agree with you guys. I was not that impressed. Um, she's too much one and done. There's not enough volume. Um, she's got those Jackson Wink oblique kicks, which are a pain in the ass and actually do work on stifling a lot of fighters, but I hate. And um, even though they can be very damaging, right, if done right, um, I hate giving it credit because if it does damage, it's just the kind of unsportsmanlike damage. And I know rules are rules, and I'm not arguing with that, folks. Um, but again, God forbid we have to be on one team or the other, right? Is it, is it okay that I, I am all for the freedoms to use moves and violence? Because I am, uh, even if it's moves I don't like. Uh, but I that, that doesn't mean I have to like like everything, right? Again, people get really mad when like not only do they you not like what they like, but you have to be like cupping the balls and sucking you know the the shaft just as they're doing it. Otherwise, it doesn't count, and you're wrong. Like oh god. Um, but yeah, uh, I hate that fucking kick and it doesn't take any skill and there's not a lot of payoff um, and there's not a lot of ton of building to be off it. In fact, there's more building you can be done to counter off it. See, Israel Adesanya, who does one of my favorite counters of that kick um, in the first Robert Whitaker fight, right? Um, to give Izzy some, some love there. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, Fyodor's got a decent check hook that seemed to be giving um, Caitlin problems, which makes sense because... That is the number one safety thing for Southpaw is that lead hand. Uh, it really messes people up, and it's a tool of her, so uh, that makes sense. Caitlin does not fight many, very many Southpaws. Uh, Kagan, Chuk Train. Um, so that seemed to give her trouble. Um, and ironically enough, though, Caitlin, she needed to pressure Clint. Obviously, she needed to go for more takedowns more, and her corner said that was a part of the plan. Her corner was pushing for that, but again, fighters are going to do what they're going to do. Um... But so even though it didn't go, go to fruition, and it looks my it makes it look like my analysis and bet completely stupid for playing her by submission. Again, she worked a ton of wrestling in this camp. She just got a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Um, this is one of the few, fight, few fights where Manon Fioro doesn't go for multiple takedowns by round two. You think she waited till round three, um, probably because she was worried about conserving her gas tank. Because I think that's something to watch out for, folks. Her in a five-round fight, she cuts a lot of weight. And uh, I think she's conservative for a reason. And even if it's not for a reason, it can still cost her anyways, even if she's not gassing. Like, there's just a ton of flags with her style. Um, like, betting her opponent by sub, whether I pick her in the future or not, is just going to be an auto bet because she's going to go for takedowns to her own detriment. She'll probably go for a takedown on Valentina, and Valentina is one of the few fighters who can reverse and actually, um, you know, um, has some decent defense, though. You know, Santos was able to audit her a bit, granted. Uh, but she's not going to be able Fiero's not going to be able to do what Santos did um, she doesn't build off of her grappling she just does that point scoring again more outdated Jackson Wink point scoring arrow stuff that the you know sorry to talk about criteria Ghost Phantom but it's relevant to the conversation um, that's been that's been attempted to be weeded out both by the writing and application of, cri of the criteria by the way it's written and, and the way it's being applied by those who matter right so um, so yeah uh, I'm not. I'm not speaking over salt, salt uh, you know, uh, sour grapes or whatever here either. Uh, I know I bet, um, so uh, Chuk. So it's gonna look like that either way. But I like Fioro better than I like Chuk um, as a fighter. Uh, Fioro comes from uh, the, the karate background, traditional martial arts. She's a southpaw. 
Um, I'm all about that. Um, I got some French tattooed on me. You know, there's enough white people with Asian tattoos, so I'm like, you know, let's 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 Asians got to take it back. Let's get some white people language tattooed on us. It's not the way or reason why I got it tattooed, folks. Relax. But you know, point it. Been to France. Not 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 your typical American French hater here, folks. That's not where any of this is coming from. Believe me, I'm just I'm being objective and answering. Uh, questions that's been pitched to me multiple times now and yeah after running her through the tape which I didn't get a chance to do finish unfortunately when I recorded this live because I was so busy this week but yeah I, I, I was clearly not that high on her style because I ended up picking Chukagian and again I would have bet in that sub thing regardless um, I ended up betting her to try to kick for coverage and to her defense Probably one of the closer tickets to cash that didn't cash tonight. So, um, you know, which is a Chukagian fight, man. Again, it's going to be a close, greasy fight. Uh, I took the plus money side. No regrets on that. Uh, and I still stand by my analysis. Mark my words. It may not happen tonight, and it didn't happen tonight. But Fioro uh, wanting to shoot takedowns more uh, will burn her. Now, she didn't do it as much and as late, and it didn't cost her tonight. But what did she say in her post-fight? Her, her takeaway was, I didn't shoot enough takedowns. Like, yeah, that's what you didn't do enough. Um, when it was Caitlyn that did it, because Caitlyn actually was actually kicking with her quite well, and I don't know if she realized that or realized it too late, but when she was, she should have been kicking and going to clinch with her. Um, but she was getting caught too much in boxing range, and it felt like I was watching Eddie Alvarez versus Conor McGregor for the first half of the fight because she was doing the same thing. She was doing darting right hands and just hanging out there. She wasn't, she wasn't fully darting and getting out of dodge, or what she should have done, especially with seeing the head kick propensities of her getting almost knocked out from a head kick from Jennifer Maya, which, by the way, I said last fight, I don't know if I picked Maya or not, but all I did was bet Maya round two because Fioro was going to shoot bad takedowns, and she almost got submitted and a head kick leaving said submission attempts off the off the brakes in round two. So again, I'm not gonna get credit for it because at the end of the day I was wrong, but my analysis ain't effing crazy, folks. Talking about details that no one else is, and they are coming true whether the results match or not. We hard to control that part of it. So uh yeah, not impressed and uh, and uh will be on the fade list. Um for certainly. Um all right, I'm gonna finish up questions and we'll get out of here, folks. Uh, James Crenge, can Charles fight Benil? I hope not, because I like both guys, and Benil deserves a title shot, and that is a really hard fight for Charles. Uh, that, that And I've said that before, folks. Um, because, again, not just being revisionist history and pulling from my Miles Jury's breakdown or this breakdown this year or thing I said in the last podcast, although if you really incorporate that, that just means I've been being fucking consistent about it. But uh, even in previous podcasts before that, when Duke Bronx was on the throne, unofficially or not, getting that credit or not, shame on you motherfuckers who didn't, uh, especially those in the, you know, in the media. Uh, but uh, what was I saying? People were asking me bad matchups, and I said Southpaws, Southpaws. That was the reason why Islam could be tricky, but also why I was giving love to people like Benil and RDA uh, before RDA got knocked off even. Again, my Southpaw analysis to Dubronx being bad. So just because I'm Dubronx, Dubronx trained or one of the few people where you can accuse me of being team somebody, I keep that same energy. I keep it as fair as possible, and I even bring up correct points that even people that are my detractors who were technically correct by the results fucking flew over their head. But that's why you guys come here. So, yeah. Uh, Alright. Ghost, in my opinion, Manon won't be able to do that against Valentina. I agree. Since both are Southpaw and Manon likes to take advantage of that uh, score from the open stance matchup. I agree. I think Valentina will be better from the Southpaw versus Southpaw matchup um, because she's had more of it because her main training partner, her lifelong one, uh, Antonina, is a Southpaw. 
Um, so she gets that look regularly. So yeah, I'd be willing to bet on it. Uh, her reputation and hype aside, just through that factor alone. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, Ghost. Why do you think people are jumping on the hype train when they watched what they watched for men on? Because again, just like how I, I the commentary, and I'm not coming at the commentary. This is just human nature. It's a fact, folks. God forbid. I'm, I don't know why I'm one of the only people who are stating these things. But um, just like they can influence your, your you on a score, they can influence what's next, knowingly or not, um, which is why there are some things that sound like talking points and why they're accused by a lot of fans a lot of times on saying talking points for the promotion. Um, and so sure enough, when you have, and again, just like I was saying with O'Malley, right, there's that natural, and it's not a bad thing. It's a well-meaning thing, and it's not wrong by definition, but it can be very dangerous and very misused more easily than it can be properly used, which is when someone is much lower on the totem pole, um, using their magic powers for the, for, you know, for the power of good, or so they mean, coming from a well-meaning place. They're like, Let, let's even it out. Let's make it a little more fair. Let's let's make O'Malley sound like he's doing a little better than it is, and through the power of suggestion right it can be very powerful hence affects scores perceptions narratives so on and so forth uh the same thing in a division that's very shallow like 125 where what's the joke it just takes a couple wins and i'm not trying to take away from these ladies but it is the truth it just takes a couple wins and you're all of a sudden deemed like the next contender and this is going to happen and they start talking you up like we've seen it plenty of times before that's what it is it's not so much indicative of the skill again it's 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 not superfluous because they're not superfluous things. I don't want to use that word. That would be incorrect. But it's like, and not arbitrary because even that's a bit disrespectful. But yeah, more closer to using arbitrary, I guess. Using numbers, using arbitrary numbers to just prove your point on, you know, this person's next, this person's this, this person's that. Uh, this person's got the most longest win streak in the division. We see those stupid stats where they're just like, most in Bantamweight history. And I'm like, this guy's from the Contender Series. How many fights has he even had? in a division that's been around just in the UFC for over a decade. What are we doing here? Again, again, I know I talk about sample size, but that's the reason why I talk about sample size. All right, getting out of here and just going to give you guys some love. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Make sure you like and subscribe. Rio, Susan, if this is the end of the show, great stuff, Dan. Always objective and hardworking. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that recognition, even when I suck and uh, I'm not bringing home the bacon for myself and you guys. So... Which sucks, uh, but I apologize, but I do appreciate that, uh, Makoto. Yeah, Dan, great show. Thank you very much. See you on Drake Riggs' show. I, I hope to do something with him soon once I get this stuff sorted for this camp and what's going on with me sorted. So hopefully soon. Drake's the man. Shouts to Drake. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, Dan the man, really appreciate that. Thank you, Jimmy Kudo. Ghost, thank you for your participation as well. Thanks for speaking the facts, Dan. I feel like I'm getting gaslit by people there's been a lot of gaslighting and you know what i'm fucking taking out the gas too uh if i'm burning i'm taking some i'm taking some motherfuckers with us especially when we're on the side of not facts bro facts but and, and not that there's right rights very objective but you know what i mean we're right and we're spooting facts it's like porn you know it when we see it we know our porn <laughs> no excuse me we know our martial arts and uh we know what effective grappling is so i know i'm preaching to the choir when i say these points but it needs to be said because not enough people, um, not enough people do. So thank you guys. Uh, we're about at the two-hour mark, so that's it for me. Uh, there's another fight card I gotta regroup for, as well as just regroup my freaking brain. Um, 
lot to digest. Hopefully you guys are doing good and have a good weekend. Don't let my BS and attitude results and outcomes affect you. Go out there, get what's yours, no matter what the people say. Alright? You might lose the battle, but it doesn't mean you gotta lose the war. War sucks. You shouldn't want to fight war. You get what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be pro-war. I'm just saying pro-you. Pro-you and your goals. So, thank you for the great show, Rain Lamina. You guys, again, cheers, Mark Fellows. My man, Mark Fellows here. My man, Mark Fellows. Ah, if I had one wish right now, be if I could break diet right now, the only thing that would get me to break diet is if I had Mark Fellows here with some Korean barbecue and beer. In fact, mark that date. Let's do that someday, Mr. Fellows. On your side of the world or mine. The rest of you guys, no matter what side of the world you're on, have a good weekend and always protect.